we were from college town, you know what I mean? So I was doing like belly buttons and tongues and shit and like, oh, there's nipples and penises and all, like it's, we're talking about Houston, you know what I mean? Like I just went from a town that's like, back then was like 100,000 people to like 3 million people. too long all right well i'm about to do this dab we're here with me <laughs> so this week we're talking with lt we're doing the origin story of lt luigi taylor wood <coughs> large terps <laughs> Loud Terps. And since, That's what LT stands for, Loud Terps, son. Okay, okay. And uh, since Arch we're interviewing... Uh, oh. Mm-hmm. We're interviewing LT. We have a guest with us to help crack the egg. That is LT. <coughs> Go ahead and tell us. Oh, uh, it's, it's Bowser. <laughs> Hello, Bowser. <laughs> What's your God-given first name? Oh, it's Matt Bowser. The uh, good... Get to the good part. Get to the loo. Yeah, we're here at Tattoo the Loose Studio. Bowser's the goat, the goat apprentice. Here, let me help you. Do it like Elvis would do. (coughs) Uh, We're in the heart of the GRV. So we're talking with LT. Didn't you used to? What was that? What was that band you played in? Yeah, it was Uh, was in multiple hardcore. Dry Kill Logic? No. (laughs) Spine Shank? Spine Shank. LT toured with. Hammer Drill? I believe you were the you weren't lead in, vocalist for Hammer Drill, weren't you? No, no, you weren't no. in Screwdriver, were you? No, no, <laughs> no, certainly not. Are you the G.G. <laughs> Allen of Vermont? <laughs> no. What, well, what some, would that be would exactly? I'm the Vermont of G.G. Allen. <coughs> huh. Okay, makes sense. They called the songbird of my generation. He was not in Screwdriver. That is a total <laughs> no. joke. I just tried to think of the most shocking thing to say. So this. <laughs> In not, fact, I, I fail I in, in any renovation sense. I fail. This is a real big Wikipedia or really. <laughs> Huh? What? But so we got. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna talk with LT, find out <coughs> what he's all about. Oh man, I've known him for a long time, but it'll be fun to talk officially on here. You know, <coughs> we have known each other a long time. Yeah, I'll, I'll give. I'll run down my backstory. About how I know LT. There you go. I went to junior high and high school with LT's sister. Amberly, good friend. We were all like the same friend crew. Friend of the show. So LT, yeah. LT was actually the first tattoo I had heard of or had kind of seen, you know, besides like one shop I went into with my dad when I was a little kid. It was like Amberly's wild brother was a tattooer. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to remember... But I mean, so then I, you know, I kind of seen him around, but then I got to know him a little bit better at, well, really talked to him when I was working in tattoo shops when I first started. And we, how, what convention was that with, with uh, Roman and then Stu? It was the old school convention. That uh, was like 12 years ago, I think, 13 or so. It was a while ago. So I get, I didn't look on my phone, but <coughs> no, I don't. Actually, I know the exact date. It would have been in November. It would have been like around my birthday around like the beginning of November, November 8th or 10th yeah, or like something like that because that's always when the show was. And then 
it was in 2010 because I got sober in 12, <laughs> 26 of 2010 okay. because, uh, well, he partied that weekend that, that we weekend. were here. and uh, Stories from the convention. <coughs> that was a wild time for I got to observe. <coughs> it was super wild. Uh, I believe it changed several people's lives, that partying that weekend. <laughs> it did, bro. Um, yeah, no, that was, uh, that was a big... T- that was a, a big turning point for me. Go, when I got back home, um, you know, it took like another month to like pretty much yeah. spiral 100% out of control. But like we came here and got fucking <laughs> down and like <clears throat> Tim Boer came to that show too. And uh, man, it was a huge show. Tony Ramel, uh, I flew him out from, uh, from New York. Uh, I brought Roman. Um, I set up that whole thing. Josh Martin uh, shared the booths with us, and uh, Terry Dutra, and uh, yeah, I remember those. Uh, <coughs> man, Roman had a line around the fucking building of people like trying to see him, like in the fucking thing. It was they were just lined up trying to see Roman. Obviously, like he won all the awards. And, yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> Bill DeMichael, like was like, oh, you guys should have fucking told me what blah blah blah. And, Fucking Tony Ramel didn't like Bill because they used to work at International together. He's like, fuck you, Bill. Nobody cares about you, sucker. He's like, we didn't come here for you. I love like, tattoo beef, man. <laughs> bro, like, Bill's a motherfucking photographer, bro. And, like, the only thing he ever really did was leech on to fucking Lyle. Yeah. And, you know, I'll give him this. He did bring the show here and they did do it for like 13 years, but that dude's fucking, he's not a tattooer and you know, like it, it, it's for tattooers. Like, I don't know, that's what I believe. Like, yeah, especially- I'm a stand up for tattooer. I'm stand up for- You know what I mean? Like tattooing, especially that show too, like with the history of that show and everything, you know? Yeah, the old school show. I mean, yeah. that's how I got, I got it from Lyle because Bill, well, the, they were in an argument. Lyle or uh, Bill didn't do his part, which was like do all the contract stuff. The hotel called me, and I called Lyle. Like I ain't got talk to Bill. Bill ain't a tattooer, bro. I only got one person that I gotta respect, and that's my predecessor, which is Lyle Tuttle, right? Because like he came before me in tattooing, and like I. He deserves for me to call him. So I called him. We had a conversation about it. And he told me that he thought it was very admirable that I called him and that he doesn't give out blessings. But if he was, this was the blessing. (laughs) And the only thing was is that I couldn't use their name. And it sounded like I was going to put on a reputable tattoo show. And he thought that that was admirable also and to carry on and then he passed away like a year later anyway so like i felt like it was all serendipity for real like it was meant to happen like that and you know and then i just rebranded it the stl classic which i felt like it's a good name yeah it worked out good Um, we're on we're on pause with that show right now but i always dreamt of putting on a convention i was envious of your (coughs) Conventions, you know. I thought about doing like a small one. 
you know, you're, you're just the type of dude that can do that. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing, like, I, I, I was just talking about this today. Like, I'm getting, <clears throat> so you can, I, I put in the, like, $30,000 worth of work with Roman, like, over a, a one-year period of where I lost money, like, mm. like about $30,000. And, like, that wasn't good for my relationship, my home, or all kind of shit, yeah. right? Like, and I just kept traveling and doing shit. Well, I didn't really, I mean, obviously, I was trying to get somewhere, and I think I got wherever I was trying to go at the time. But I didn't realize how great it was going to be later on mm -hmm. and what it would do for me later on to be able to have met all these people, done all these things. You know, now I can call up. Man, I'm like three phone calls away from touching about anybody in the tattoo industry at this point. And I, I was almost like that, like in 2016 or something. Yeah. So like, like for me, like that $30,000 was nothing. Now yeah. that I, I look mm -hmm. back on it, now of course, like I said, I lost relationships and a lot of things have been neglected, but I gave it all up for tattooing a million times over. So yeah, that that's, just, that's just what this is for me. I, yeah, that goodwill and <coughs> meeting people. and so I, 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 A lot of people, like, uh, they hate on that shit. I love the people I've met in tattooing. It has brought me the best relationships I've had. You know, like, friends, people. I think it's great. It's a social. You know, there's always like, the, oh, you're Mr. You know, you guys are too cool. Or, like, no, I just like nice people. And if we all do the same shit, why not be nice to each other? No, of course, there's lots of douchebags, but... They get sorted out pretty quick, I think. Yeah. I mean, I ain't just your friend because you're a tattooer either, but... No, that's no. Where I, that's where I spend most of my time. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way around it. It's like, we have that tie that... I mean, we have... I was a fan of your band. <laughs> Filter. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> and, well, it, hey, man, that is a nice shirt. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> But no, I, I, that's, that's what I, I think networking is such an important thing that I've always known. I mean, even back then, I was like, oh, LT knows what he's doing with that. You know, like, I, I mean, shit, that convention, the, the infamous convention where they threw all Stu's stuff away. Um, I remember. So you had this, uh, Roman did that seminar out there in St. Charles. Yep. And we and went, and he was nice. And I, I get along with everybody pretty much, so we were friendly. And he came up to me at the, I was talking to some other tattoos who were young newer tattooers and they're like oh shit roman's here you know and i was like yeah yeah and he, he walked up to me he's like matt we partied so hard last night dude and he was like out oh, he's tired and shit and then he just walked away and they're like what you know i was like oh yeah i just uh, i got to know him yesterday he's a nice guy you know it's like you yeah, just yeah. talk to people and it's not you know people are friendly back usually so we all put on we all put our pants on yeah. on the same well not everybody yeah not I, everybody. I lay on my back legs up. special cases out there for sure the best <laughs> tattooer in the world is just a dude that's really good at his job I mean the best plumber yeah. in the world I feel has equal natural ability hard work and skill as the best tattooer you know I mean it's just it just happens to be what we're into you know yeah I, I don't think that I knew what networking I don't. I kind of feel like I fumbled through a lot of this, but like now I understand and I can reflect on things and I'm like, oh, you know, and like I'm getting ready to put in hella work this year. And like, 
I was I was just telling my son about it today that I'm like I'm gonna do so much shit that like the universe has to give me back something. That's yeah. That's- I'm gonna do so much work and it's gonna be so positive and it's gonna be so everything that like I don't know what it all means in the end, but I know that it's gonna if it does half of what I'm hoping it does, that's that's good. I'm yeah, that's how I feel about like what as far as I didn't realize that I was networking either. Yeah, for a long time. I was just like I just like people and yeah. I, I'm p- prone to be nice to people and want to like make people laugh and shit. So I, I feel like all the years of like putting that type of work in, it pays off in one way or the other. Like like I feel like right now, you know, there's a bunch of people I could call and be like, I need five thousand dollars and I've always been nice or have helped people and they'd be like, oh, okay, you know, like or whatever. So or if you're doing a show or something, you know, like it's Yeah, I mean, fuck I can go get a loan at the bank now. <laughs> I'm like a I'm like a real person. Pillar of the community. Pillar yeah, pillar of community actually. So when um I I know some of because I talk a lot and obsessively obsessively listen to details, but what was your beginning in tattooing, if you mind? Beginning. Well, like it. Uh, when did I start tattooing? Yeah, like what was your first tattoo? I know a lot of the. <laughs> My first tattoo I got when I was like thirteen. Um, you still got it? Oh yeah. That's cool. Nice. That's pretty tight for thirteen. It's been. It's, it was embellished, but it was done with a, a sewing needle inside of a straw that had been heated up like a, a probably a sonic straw it was red for <laughs> sure we got the red they were stronger for some reason sturdy yeah. straw and this dude named matt rob fucking made this fucking rotary prison rig we did it at his house i probably drank some mad dog or something you know i was 13 14 years old uh, and then i got I got. I think I got this. Not this, but there was a heart with wings up here. Okay. And a banner and shit. A um, heart with wings, you say? Yeah, you know, the eighties. <laughs> it, it was like an eighties like album cover, probably Poison kind of, but not really. It Styles was. Styles are fluid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the banner was empty because I didn't know who I was really going to put in there yet. You know, at fourteen, I hadn't really made the full decision. But you had the long sight, the long view to be. Well, I mean, I've got several women's name on me, so (laughs) it is. It must have been something that was etched in me from the beginning. (laughs) I'm a fucking sick. Like that you put that thought into Um, it. You're like, you know, I'm going to leave this spot open for the special someone. Well, I didn't want to ruin my life. (laughs) You know, future ex. (laughs) So, uh, and then. This is the this is the best one. I got this fucking rose down here, which kind of looks like a rocket ship. I'll just show it to you later. It it got so infected and fell out, and it was all done all done by Matt Rob, uh, in his basement kitchen. And actually, it was in his apartment, his parents' apartment, in his room, which we skateboarded and shit. So it's like, was it in Columbia? It was uh, Indian Hill shit, bro. Okay, okay. You know what I mean, oh yeah. Does yeah, Matt yeah. Rob still tattoo? Matt Rob does not tattoo. Um, oh, I thought he was in the biz. No, 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 no. This was, he was like freelance, so to speak, you know. I mean, we weren't full adults yet, and it wasn't legal in Colombia at all. Um, tattooing didn't really exist in Colombia back then. So, got that. And I was, I want to say like 14, 15, I'm 
I'm hungover one Saturday morning or Sunday morning. My foot's like hanging out of my fucking like bed and like, uh, like it's so infected and so bad. My, but my dad comes in to like holler at me about something and he's like, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't supposed to have tattoos. He had already like taken rigs away from me and like, cause I had tattooed some people too. <laughs> and I fucked them all up. Sure. Um, yeah. So I got caught with that. And then he like looked into like, then he was like, what the fuck? And I had to show him all of them. <laughs> he's like, cause he's like, I'm going to get it lasered. And this is like a million years ago. Right. right. So like, it was like a thousand dollars a square. He's like, "Well, guess you're fucking fucked now, you know, or some shit. You're an idiot like me, you know, like." So, tattoos out of the house at 15 by people. Um, I mean, I, I. So I talk about. I have a hot stuff up here on my shoulder. Um, my dad has a hot stuff that he got in Juarez, Mexico, when he was 17 years old. Nice paid seven dollars for it i know i know the whole the whole story and the reason why is because this is what i believe anyway it's the first tattoo i ever seen and i've been infatuated with it since the beginning and like when he used to like when we go down like the ozarks when i was a kid and shit like this bro i would stand at like like when we walked down the strip he would have to like come back and get me because i would be at like ted's at the window and like they'd have to like try to like i'd be trying to get in all this shit and like back then you couldn't get in and the lake of the ozarks was really the only place that you could get tattooed in missouri back then um maybe kansas city and st louis um but columbia had an ordinance where they weren't allowing it <clears throat> so and then lakeside opened in columbia when i was 18 <laughs> um but then steve at tattoo U opened uh, he was open too and i got tattooed there when i was 18 by steve that was my very first professional tattoo and i got a judy parker scorpion nice that's actually pretty solid man no no no, no, no. the judy parker scorpion is right there oh i, I see hey that's it's still there you it's a 50 dollar it. minimum and then i had dr jimmy oh. so dr jimmy yeah, I, yeah. later on i said hey how about you put like a couple scorpions around that scorpion he goes Nah, you fucking outgrew that. You're a pussy back then. Now you're going to get a fucking real tattoo. And fucking, he, he's like, I'll just put another scorpion over top of that. And he did. And it was fire, man. This thing was uh, Phil Fairweather Inc. Um, Dermapro or whatever you want to call it. Um, and back then, that was the heat. I mean, it's gone now. Like, it was yellow and, like, maroon. He's like, I'm going to put an electric desert behind it and fucking... His tattoos were cool, especially for back then. That I, the ones I saw were f like it would have been heat. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like back then, it would have been heat. I yeah. mean, yeah, and it's still cool. But yeah, like I, he was the he was the second or third tattooer I ever. But first tattoo ever that spoke to me was that dude was Doctor Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, so. I love Doctor Jimmy. I spent a lot of time with Doctor Jimmy. Man. He passed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Throat cancer. Yeah. Um, it's been like he's probably been dead like. 10 12 years i think really? he, yeah yeah i think he passed when i was like in california i couldn't tell you for sure but uh i mean i lost touch with jimmy but i i love jimmy jimmy was definitely like a friend of mine um i spent a lot of time with jimmy yeah yeah, yeah i remember my 
before I tattooed. Really, just around, yeah. run around downtown. Bro, I, I spent I was I spent a lot of time at, like once I got engulfed in the in in tattooing like around them guys. Like I hung out at Alternative Art with like Tim Milligan. I hung out with all them d dudes. I was trying to. I think I was theoretically trying to get into the business then. Like, yeah, in that circle of people. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get tattooed. I mean, I was, I was dealing dope to all of them, you know, like, if I want to keep it 100. But, like, that's what I was spending my money on, and that's what I was really doing, you know, and, like, you know, getting my chick tattooed and, like, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like. Get in where you fit in. Yeah, bro. They did blow, and I had that. It's a foot in the door. Yeah, bro. You know, I tattooers to, like blow. I don't know if you've I ever heard about it, but that, uh, it's weird. What side? What? Where alternative? Art, that side street, right on there? Locust. That, that was such a cool, like. Yeah, back then that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was too. And like, I was in there, bro. I was in there with Tommy, and like, I mean, I was I was friends with them dudes tight, you know. And we were partying a lot, and um, I mean, that's how I met Jason Cross, and that's how I really got into tattooing was Jason, well, <laughs> Jason got into me for a lot of money, <laughs> and uh, uh, he, he, he stole a bunch of stuff from uh, Jason Fancher when he had just, so, so they had just opened up Hollywood Rebels on Hit Street, the yeah. little bitty one. Tiny one, yeah. And Jason was tattooing in the back of it, and it was mostly a clothing store, and it was like that. rockabilly silk shirt, like bucking, like bowling button ups, and like uh, I wish I could think of the name. Anyway, Jason was getting out there, and like he was paying me with a bunch of shit of theirs, but like I didn't know that, and then like. They fired him. Uh, we got it. He, I got into it with Fancher, and then um, uh, Jason ended up at Tattoo U, straightened up. Uh, but that's when he was like, "Man, you know, we think about apprenticing. You know, like maybe I could teach you how to tattoo." And I was like, uh, "I was like pretty scared of tattooing because I'd." Uh, fucked up those dudes like <laughs> early on so i was like you know i could probably make jewelry and pierce that seems like something i could do i see that hand tat <laughs> that's like i know that i'm getting ready to get some laser work done oh i like it uh-huh chroma yeah you should really just enhance the chrome again man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so back then it was uh that was alternative arts Thing. And that's what Jason took over there was uh, they made all their jewelry. They would go buy um, 316 steel from uh, Columbia Welding mm. and rods. And then we built these things called jigs, basically. And, like, they were these wooden things with these different size dowel rods. And basically what you do is you drill a hole in this side, and then you put, like, a crank on this side. You put that wire in there, and then you hold it real tight while you crank it. And what it makes is a spring. Well, if you cut a spring, now it's a bunch of captive bead rings. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then what you do is you polish them on a, a polisher with polish. And then we put the bead in them. And, like, they didn't cost us hard. I mean, <laughs> we just smoked weed and sat down <laughs> in the basement and did blow or whatever. And, like, I made rings all day. And then, like, 
we had a threader to make barbells because a, a tongue barbell was 80 bucks back then. You know what I mean? And like a, a captive bee ring was $40. Yeah. And uh, then the piercing was like outrageous too. And so like we were making money hand over fist back then. Like, and you know, um, yeah, not- we made, we made all our needles too. We would go to, uh, <laughs> we'd go to MFA and get the, um, the hog 14 gauge needles for like injecting hogs. <laughs> and then you just cut the back of the hub off, like for the syringe. And that is, uh, a, hy- a hypodermic needle that you pierce with. That's that's how that started was they used hypodermics. And then, so you could take a hypodermic and run it in, right? And then just put it in this way and pull back out. You understand what I'm saying? And then follow it with the ring. Like with the receiving tube and everything? Well, you don't even need a receiving tube. The end of the needle is, is a hole. It's open, yeah. So if I, like, let's say I use a 12 gauge. I can put a 14 gauge jewelry in there and then back it back down and i don't i don't even need a receiving tube or anything you're just following the needle through so that's how like that's kind of how piercing started and like man i like like and back then bro they're like it was crazy like brian jennings do you remember that dude Mm -hmm. he's in germany bro he owns a piercing studio in germany he's been there forever yeah 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 it's i even i've i've even contacted him when i was over there and we never he's in berlin i never got to hook up with him but yeah, 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 that dude, I mean, like, back then, like, that dude was a goat in Columbia, and, like, I learned a lot of shit through those dudes, and um, that was kind of short-lived, and Jason got way the fuck out there, and uh, we got fired. <laughs> Collectively. Collectively. He called me, well, we're fired. I'm like, what do you mean we're fired? <laughs> no, bro, it went down yeah, like that. Yeah, and, uh, well, somebody was stealing this stuff. And, yeah, you, motherfucker. So, I didn't even have a portfolio because I'm in Colombia, bro. I'm thinking, I don't need a, everybody knows who I am. And, like, they're going to, like, everybody knows that I'm over here already. So, I didn't have a portfolio. Uh, shit was wild for me. Uh, me and this girl took off to Houston. Um, she danced. I watched ballet. Ballet. She was a ballet dancer. Actually, we told my grandma that when we stopped in Arkansas for two weeks. To, uh, well, we told them that she was a, a showgirl like Vegas. Okay. You know, like except like a rocket, except so on the business loop. <laughs> it's a little churched up, yeah. Well, I mean, it, that's a show. Back then, that was pretty. That was pretty honest for me, actually. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll go with it. Anyway, uh, we uh, we got to Houston and uh, <laughs> we got to Houston and uh, she was dancing and. Uh, I got arrested, or well, so got to Houston. I had all of my stuff with me. Um, I started doing some piercings on her at the house just to have photos. And then like as she got into the club, like she could support us, right? Like that's how that went. And then then, like once she was in the club, like then I had other clients right away. And so I was, I was, piercing these girls i got me like about 10 15 pictures together and she was working at rick's cabaret north um in houston 
Um, and uh, there was this tattoo shop right across the street called Cryptic Images. And so I was like, you know, when you go into the club night, I think I'm going to trip over there and then I'll come back over and have some drinks and chill, you know. So I did a lot of that. Um, so I went over and talked to them dudes and I got the I got the job like right away and <laughs> like I was like the head yeah. piercer, I, bro. I could talk, you know what I mean? Like I faked it till I made it. To be honest, like I didn't know, I hadn't done hardly any, like I, we were from college town, you know what I mean? So I was doing like belly buttons and tongues and shit and like uh, there is nipples and penises and all like it's we're talking about Houston, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just went from a town that's like a hundred back then was like a hundred thousand people and like to like. Three million people, you know what I mean? Like, and it was just. It, were they looking for a piercer when you walked in, or you just kind of? They were. Yeah, no. Yeah, shit. yeah. Just, it just tripped out, and then I got arrested that night sure. immediately sure. for driving without a license. So, <laughs> and, and and my chick had a license, but you know I had to drive because that's just that's just how I do shit. And then. uh so I went to jail in Houston, Texas, two weeks after I was there for driving without a license. And they fucking, I was like laughing at the cops. I'm like, I'm going to be bonded out in no time, fool. Like that bitch got money, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you ain't never been to Houston, have you, boy? And I'm like, no, he's like, it's going to take you three days to even process. <laughs> wow. And like, because it's such a huge city, I went through processing for over three days going from cell to cell to cell to cell to cell. And what they're doing is they're, you started out with like 80 or 100 of you in one cell. And basically they're figuring out what they clean you and do all this shit just like they do prison. And they're really milling you around to get you all separated and into your cells. But like it takes three days to process. And until you see the judge or do any of that, you can't even get a bond or anything. So, like, I went in on a Friday night, so you can imagine them fools are on fucking slow motion fucking time. Yeah. Bunch of fucking naked dudes sitting around for fucking nine hours in a room together. Fucking whack, bro. So, uh, I got put in uh, I got put in there, and um, I didn't see the judge for, like, seven, eight days. And by then, they're like, well, we only going to give you, like... Uh, 30 days and it's two for one so you're gonna do 15 and you just plead guilty and uh drive without license and so that's what i did but because like of my past criminal history they put me in with this dude that had murdered his wife was my fucking celly but he was chill like he was super chill y'all weren't married so he was good yeah no we were chill bro um he actually watched my back toward the end. Um, was the tattoo shop like waiting for you when you when you got out? They did. Yeah. Well, my chick was working right across the street, and like, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I came out and I went to work, and you know I can't remember those dudes' names. Funny enough, but I will tell you this: they were fucking full blown juggalos and <laughs> juggalettes. Nice. What year was this? Two thousand. Uh, 2099 the prime 99 98 2000 like well i would say so i i i went there and pierced and <laughs> and i drank back then and partied and shit and so like we were fucking so like what i would do like there was happy hour at my chick's club every night at seven o'clock 
from seven to nine and I would go over and have lunch <laughs> and <laughs> so I'd like get fucking hammered I'd be drinking two for one Heineken's fucking hammered then I'd come back and do some piercings I'd start off do some piercings get some money together and then hammered come back and do some piercings but I get so fucked up that'd be like wild bro uh, it was it was early 2090s but during hurricane season and like lots of rain and shit like that like when we were closed down or you know like just sitting around when it's slow i would draw with those dudes and like that's when i got introduced to prisma colors and shit oh yeah like vellum and prisma colors yeah yeah and those dudes didn't know i could draw and i could draw like i've always been able to draw ever since i was a kid i used to love to draw so then i started drawing them dudes are like you should think about tattooing and i was like uh, i don't think that's for me man i think i'll fuck people up and but then i got drunk one night over at the club and uh <clears throat> i came over and did uh one of the worst tattoos ever done on my body right there uh oh. And it's a piercing needle and barbells and shit, too, funny enough. It's uh, not this one, it's another one. Hey, combining the passions, if you will. <laughs> and it was bad. It's bad. Um, it's bad chrome. Maybe it's we bad, could, bad line work. Maybe we could get it posted on the Instagram for the listeners to see. <laughs> we, can, we can do that. But we're going to get, get some more of, uh, pictures of Pat up. Yeah, Space oh, Pat. Yeah, Space yeah. Pat. <laughs> Pot with Pat. And we're about to get we're gonna get uh tattoo Tom's uh episode up too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Great great time with him. Oh great time. Um so uh yeah, I did this terrible tattoo on myself and uh it's terrible. Um uh about two weeks later probably I did another tattoo, a kanji on this side. Which kanji? Crazy. I got strength right here. Yeah, I got wicked. Yeah. That was my first tattoo. <laughs> oh, four. And, and I outlined it in red oh. on the outside of the black. It's tough. That's well, tough. it was innovative. Yeah. Get up in that mic. Oh, that's tough. Like Elvis. Yeah, like Elvis. Maybe maybe oh. Yogi needs to turn your mic up. How, how'd you do with like with doing your tattoo? Like, like what what was going through your mind? Like, was it was it a trip for you to, to do your own tattoo? Like, I was or, like kind of drunk, bro. Yeah. Like, like if I'm gonna keep it one hundred with you, it wasn't a spiritual event for you. Well, no, it was. It well, so the second one was so much better, and that convinced me that I was gonna tat. Like, I was pretty sure that was. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna fuck around and tattoo now. Like, shit started making sense. That bit. shit looks good, dog. Yeah. It looks as good as these fools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, the, you know what I mean? I soup myself up fast. Um, and then I did a tattoo on my chick. You know what I mean? And like, those dudes were also like helping me and like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, definitely mentoring me a little bit. And uh, so, were you like the like the shop's apprentice? Like, you didn't have like a like one person that you answered to at that time. Nah, I was, there was there, this was not an apprenticeship, bro. Like, nah. I, I, I was becoming a tattooer now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, kind of. That, I'm gonna get to that. Let me do this dab. Um, this next part of the story is brought to you by the dab butler. <laughs> yeah, the Terp Sous V. Yeah, 
Also, if you guys are listening, feel free to rate us five stars. That's on right. Spotify and whatever. That's if right. you don't feel it's a five, just don't rate it then. Five That's stars. Right. That's fair. Subscribe. Yeah, if you can't say nothing nice, don't fucking open your fucking dick holster. Yeah. Yeah. Dick holster. <laughs> um. So. Houston was a little short-lived because... Uh, Man, I just keep it 100. The crack's fire down there, dog. <laughs> the crack was fucking the coke and the crack was fire. It was cheap. Um, I liked it. Me and my girl had to come back on a Greyhound bus, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you were slinging steel in Houston. Pierce, that's what I call Pearson. <laughs> slinging steel. Yeah, the gauge cage. Oh, that's hey, I got my LeBray there. I got my LeBray with we're going to get around. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'm headed back to Missouri, headed back to Columbia with my tail between my legs, strung out. Um, <coughs> I got fired from that shop because of wild shit with my girl, couldn't make it to work, and drugs. Um, it's a classic combination. Yeah, I didn't steal or anything like that, and we didn't get in a fight or nothing. I just wasn't working out. Well, I was just yeah, I was a piece of shit. You took the side of Twisted instead of ICP. You're more. I was a, more twisted you're more than those twist. guys. They weren't. You're more of a Jamie Madrox. They weren't yeah. quite the jugglers they thought they were. Yeah. I was Every, really. I was really more of like a real juggalo, whereas they were more like. A 70% juggalo. Everybody yeah. says they're juggalos until it's time to do juggalo shit, you know? Until it's time to clown around. Yep. <coughs> so, come back to Columbia, tail between my legs. <coughs> like I said, this is like right about 2000. Um, came back. I had drawn a whole set of new school flash um, some of it might have looked like um, Slipknot characters. Uh, <laughs> some of it might have been just <laughs> dragons, whatever. But there, it was all like, basically I'd colored it all with uh, pencils and then uh, put them all together and put them together at Kinko's or something. And then I, I ran around Columbia as soon as I got back and I sold all those shits to like all the shops. And... Uh, I had already been friends with uh, Scott and them through like Rusty and all that shit, you know? Um, yeah, that scene in Columbia was pretty, I mean, all those shops were just like blocks away from each other pretty much, so. Yeah, and so that's what I did too. Like, actually, I ended up at my dad's house and like I copied all that shit on my dad's computer and then I went to Kinko's, printed off, and then I had him drop me off downtown and I ran around and sold them. I think like $35 a set or something. And I you sold have like, any? Huh? You still have any? No. Well, I have some stuff downstairs that's really old. I might actually have some. Actually. I would like to see it. Yeah, anyway, really cool. No, I probably do actually. Ooh, it's, yeah, I think I do. Bring um, it back. <coughs> it's real bad. <coughs> um, so, Scott and Ron mm, oh, yeah. were downtown then. And they're like, shit, your tattoos don't 
ain't that bad. And they're like, your piercings are real good. They're like, so why don't you pierce here full time? And we'll help you learn how to tattoo better. Here's what we'll do. We'll sell you all of the equipment that we don't like for like 80 or 100 bucks. And was like all Spalding and Rogers shit. Um, some old uh, inks. Uh, and like one of them yellow power sources. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Um, that just went from like 8 volt something to 12, 15. So they go tattoo all your friends at home in your free time. And you can pierce here full time. And then my girl danced. <coughs> Ballet. Um, and so uh, I was doing okay. And uh, I was getting fucked up. Partying wildlife with my stripper girlfriend. I mean, uh, ballet girlfriend. <laughs> Ballet. Um, <laughs> uh-oh. And uh, yeah, so I ended up. Ron and them moved out. They all moved out to the Midway. And there wasn't enough space for me out there because them dudes are big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's I, I got kind of sour about that. Um, I won't even get into it, but uh, they kind of they kind of left me, um, which is fine or whatever. Um, and I went I went to work at St- at Tattoo U. Mm. I worked out of the house for a while and fucked around with Jason Cross for a minute. We we got some equipment on the internet, like we got we got some new Spalding shit, and I got like one of them kettle sterilizers, and I was doing like kind of big shit. I was taking the I was taking the Spalding and Rogers book, and I'd blow up those things at Kinko's, and like that was real flash, bro. Like oh yeah, that stuff's good. you could scan it, blow it up, and get an eleven by fourteen out of. These pictures that were saying they're like a stamp. Yeah. It's like how Philip Lou started doing that when he was like twelve or you something. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Oh yeah, right? I, yeah, I have one. I love them. Yeah, so I did that. Like people would come over to my house, they pick it out, and then we would just go copy it at the Kinkos and like, you know, it's a whole process, take all day, but like we'd get a twelve pack, right, before we'd start. So like I had time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was real professional. Uh, <laughs> we're we're on Miller time. It's good. Yeah, beer time. Beer thirty. So I was tattooed out of the house. <coughs> I got better. Just doing tattoos and fumbling my way through shit. And Jason would come over and like, Jason's a fucking. Jason was an unbelievable tattoo artist at the time. Unfortunately, Jason wasted everything with drugs and alcohol. But that dude at that time, bro, he. He could have been Guy Itchison. Like, he could have been something that was unbelievable. I have a bio piece on my leg that he was doing when, like, only Philip Lou and them people were doing that. And, like, it was done right. He knew what he was doing. And, like, that dude was fucking sick. But, anyway, he would come help me um, a little bit at the house and shit. And then, like, I got together kind of a portfolio. Got a job with Steve at Tattoo U, Tim. Uh, Dean Wilmoth, it was all of us, and then like Tim and them hated on me because uh, I was doing tattoos kind of out of my league and kind mm-hmm. of like overstepping and taking stuff like, but like taking 
walk-ins, I guess. It's the way they were looking at. <coughs> like take, taking their walk-ins, you mean? <coughs> so they said that I was drinking on the job, which wasn't true. And I got fired for drinking on the job, which I didn't. Um, but then, so I went back to the house. Chris. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, he, he did my first tattoo. Chris, what's his last name? I can't remember. LeHue, wasn't it? I mean, that's, I've heard, that sounds familiar. LeHue, yeah. yeah. I went to high school with that dude. He loved Motley Crue and Kiss. Bro, he was, like, that dude, he is like Motley Crue and Kiss. Like, that's all he talked about when he tattooed me. I don't think me. he's still alive. It, Actually, I think he's dead. Really? He did, when he did my first tattoo, he, 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 all, he was like, I'll trade you for Motley Crue and Kiss merch and stuff. And I was like 16, and I was like, okay, man. I did my tattoo, and he goes, come back when you're old enough to get a real tattoo. And then two weeks later, my friend Peter had a Motley Crue Hot Wheel. He's like, I'm going to see if that guy will give me a discount on that, you know, because Pete's first tattoo, he had like Green Day on the back of his neck from Hollywood Rebels when we were in high school when it was on Broadway. But we went to the one and that Chris guy, he, who was clowning me about my tattoo, but in his portfolio, it was like printed up in his portfolio already. I was like, I thought you said this wasn't a real tattoo, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's all that, you know, it's college time. That's what you did there. Yeah, yeah. So I heard he got fired. I smelled blood in the water, and uh, I've, I tripped down to Hollywood Rebels, and I talked to Cy, and I said, hey, heard you need an artist. And he said, you know, you can set in this weekend. Looked through my portfolio, and then he told me, he told me it was rough, but he told me I could set in that weekend and see how it goes. And I crushed it, crushed money. Um, it was a great, I, I was ready to be there. I was like, hey, it's tight. Like, I'll see you Monday or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm chill, bro. Like, shit's pretty rough, you know. I'm probably going to pass. And I was like, wow. Yeah, we're sitting at the bar. You know what I mean? Like, I got all hot. <laughs> and I was just like, I sat there for a minute. And I was like, yo, I was like, I I need this job and like <clears throat> I'll do whatever it takes to have it like what does that mean? like once you help me get better teach me out and he's like well if you want to work there for 30 percent I'll teach you how to get better so yeah I mean 30 percent yeah. yeah take it we, we we finished having drinks and he told me he said if you're ever gonna drink on the job make sure you go down to the bar <laughs> Because that's what he So I, I forgot to say that part is At the beginning of the weekend He took me down to Eastside Tavern Like in the middle of the day He goes let's go have lunch and We fucking went down to Eastside And he goes Got a couple shots for us and beer Because that's just how we rolled back then like, And he's like huh, If you're going to go If you're going to drink on the job At least go to lunch Have beers And I was like Eastside was awesome back then, too. Uh, Bro, this was a whole life. You know, like, I was yeah. like, I have arrived. I was like, Cloud Nine for LT. Oh, uh, it was. It was fire. Uh, yeah, it was fire. So, uh, I, uh, 
<laughs> I lost my train of thought. So <coughs> you're at Eastside Tavern. Yeah, no, I was. I just felt like I had arrived, bro. Yeah, man. Like, like that was my Eastside was formerly a burger place called Blondie's. Do you remember Blondie's? I, I do. Like fifties had a Mortal Kombat arcade machine. Dang, yeah, delicious. Now that you're saying that, I do remember um, it being Blondie's. Um, yeah, so I started working there. Um, I'd say I'd been there about a year, and um, I was doing a lot of work, and my my tattoos had gotten so much better, and uh, I just, uh, yeah, everything was going good for me. Sai and them got to where they were like, I guess not so stoked on it. Like, Sai wasn't really around a lot. Like, I'd been there like a couple years at that point, I think. And uh, just like, it was just me and Matt most of the time. Like, the Sai wasn't really there. Um, so I ended up, um, I ended up partying a lot, really. Um, and I was partying a lot more. I got a little more into the dope game. And uh, basically, uh, shit just kind of spiraled out of control. Them dudes sold the shop back to Fancher, and me and him were not tight. Um, at one point, he had talked about like putting a breathalyzer in. I told him I was going to come in and beat him in the fucking head with it. I was like, I hope you do. I was like, because I'm going to take it off the wall and beat you in the fucking head with it after I blow in it. So it's a hostile work environment. Yeah, he was being hostile. Yeah. Yeah. So I got fucking way out there that time. This was about 2004 by then. I've been tattooing about four years. I got way out there. I was gone for a couple years, to be honest, um, just in the, in the streets um, doing dope. I wasn't really tattooing, hawking my equipment, doing all kinds of wild shit. Um, I mean, I could get way into details, but it's it's really just real dark. And, you know, I, I, I did a bunch of fucking ill shit. I used to rob people and, you know, do stuff that I'm not very proud of anymore and stuff that's not acceptable in society. And um, but that's just what I become whenever I, you know, whenever I'm on that shit, bro. Like, there's nothing matters more to me than that, you know. Um, so, uh, I got a, got gotten some trouble, got another DUI. Um, decided to put my shit together, put myself in rehab, got in rehab, got out, um, came out. I couldn't really get a job in Columbia. I was having a real hard time because everybody knew me. Small town. Small town. Um, this is when, remember when I told you on that one episode where they had like probation written on my license? <laughs> so licensing happened, I want to say 2002. Something, somewhere in there. Um, and so I got this fucking thing that said probation on it, in which... You have to go back and listen to the old episode, but basically it didn't mean shit. They were like putting me on probation because when you got your license for tattooing, like uh, when it first came out was mo in Missouri was, it was all about your criminal history. Right. And so I guess they were putting me on tattoo probation. I don't know. 
They told me some whack shit like I had to come drop urines and shit, and I told them to suck it. So <clears throat> I never did. Um, I don't know. That just went away. I my license got normal, but I was going to like Kansas City. Uh, did did a little bit of guest spotting in like Blue Springs. Um, I did I did uh, some stuff. Uh, I was just traveling around trying to figure things out, and I was working out of the house a lot. And then uh, I was fucking with. So, Mr. Tattoo, Midway, mm -hmm. they're at Midway. Ron has left. Uh, Scott's got personal things going on. He needs somebody there. I spent the next, like, I want to say year until they closed it, basically working in that fucking Midway truck stop tattoo shop. And that was like... Uh, <clears throat> That was like setting in a fish tank. So it was uh, like the back door lounge was like, well, so let me, so think about it like this. It's like a square like this, right? And there's a hallway this way and then the hallway goes this way. We have like a sliding glass door and it has glass on both sides. And the back door lounge is down this hall and like the bathroom and the showers and shit are this way. And then like, and like, Drunk people, hey, you busy in there? You know, and redneck motherfuckers. Oh my god, bro! Um, like everybody looking as they go by. Yeah. Is there oh, dude, still a like, tattoo shop there? Huh? Not to cut. You. Is there still a tattoo shop? So there? no. I, I went recently. I stopped in there. I know there's one for a while. Like after, right? It was on the TV show. Yeah, it had that TV show. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was like Doctor Tat, dude. Yeah. It sounded very. Methy. Yeah, like a... Um, well, I mean, you're tattooing out of a truck stop, so, I mean, it's already kind of methy. It's yeah. like a whole world, though. It's a wild truck stop. They build AR-15s right in the same parking lot, don't they? Wow. There's that company out there? They do a lot of stuff. It's like a one-stop shop, really. Uh, I mean, you know, there's... It's efficient, if anything. Take them there. Yeah, you'll have to go there sometime. Actually, I pointed it out when we We did point it out, yeah. yeah. You know where it's at. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh... I closed that shop down. Um, and then I went to Florida. Or no. Yeah. I went. To, so I closed that shop down and I was doing like, I don't know, tattooing on the house and shit. And it was getting ready to be winter. Um, and this is, this is. This is actually some really pivotal shit, I think. Especially back then. As I was like, I'm gonna fucking travel somewhere. And so I started looking in the back of tattoo magazines for guest spots. And, and I was the directories back there. There was a lot of shit. Like people would put ads in the back of them yeah. for artists and shit. So I started answering them. And I fucking found this. <laughs> The crazy clown in Miami, Florida, and we can Google it, but like the dude owned like, I want to say like four or five shops at the time. And it said, I'm always hiring like 1-800, the crazy clown, some bullshit. Um, I called him and I was like, yo, I want to come do it. He goes, oh yeah, I'm always fucking hiring. Come down, bro. I'm busy, busy, busy. I'm like, all right. So 
I started setting it up and I'm like gonna go down there like right either right before Christmas or after Christmas or I don't know sometime but the more I got to think about it, I was like, well, I should just stay like a whole, and this was a long time ago, like 2004, 2005. I mean, yeah, a long time ago. So I'm like, I guess I'll go down there for a month. I got a girl and shit at the time. Um, she's like, yeah, you know, you should just do that. And so I did. I, I like. I think it was like right after Christmas. I flew down to Miami. I answered this ad out of the back of the magazine. Flew down to Miami. Um, I told the, the cab driver where I was going. He goes, "You know, there's no white people there, right?" <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me, and I was like, oh, "It's chill. It's whatever, bro. I'm I'm working, you know." And so I got over there, and it was like in the hood, two for one. Neck tattoos, uh, names on the neck for $35, two for one. And can't beat it. No, nah, it was a price. It was a whole vibe in there. Um, it was, it was a hood. And these were like some fucking Puerto Rican gangster fucking, but like, bro, they could tattoo and shit. And this dude got to, he learned from Doc Dog, which at the time I didn't know who that was. Pretty sure Doc Dog has something to do with Gilmani. I think he might have apprenticed Gilmani. Doc Dog is from Nevada, and That's I might be right. wrong, but I know Doc Doc Dog was a thing in the tattoo industry, and like he was a name to know and shit back then. And so this dude knew people, and he he definitely was running a business. This dude was like r rolling in an Escalade, like on fucking. It was it was wild, bro. And he was like in this velvet suit and. Or velour suit, which I mean, I mean, I'm into it, but <laughs> um, so uh, I was there like four days, and he fired me because I couldn't do lettering, and and I could not tattoo without an armrest. They did, they did old school fucking. Yeah, just grab my knee. But no, we had like these, you know. He's like, you just use one of those fucking I can't a uh, footstool. So everybody had a footstool, and yeah, you use your knee, and. Uh, I just, he, he even did, he did uh, lettering across my leg to show me how he could do lettering, which it ain't very good to be honest. But back then it, it was better than mine. And I just, I don't do lettering to this day because I just don't do, I don't, I don't spell very good. I don't read very good and I don't write very good. Therefore, and I've misspelled a lot of name, a lot of things in my, <laughs> my career. I believe 13 was the magic number when I stopped. I, I, I understand that. Yeah, yeah I, I just don't do it, man. There's so many people that do it better than me that there's no reason for me to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do them, but if you want, like, a fancy, elaborate stuff, there's just, like you said, there's just people that just do that, and they do really well at it. I don't even have do them do it. I don't know? even do just that, really. I love signatures, people's signatures. Oh, I could do some shit. Now, now like, if, well, I don't, actually, I don't do no lettering. <laughs> don't uh, put it out there if you don't want yeah, it coming yeah, in. Yeah, I, don't, I don't do lettering. I just, it's just not my, my 40. Like, I can do some beveled stuff inside of something and do some representations. Don't be asking for it, but um, it'll be, you know what I mean? Like, uh, Yeah, I always say don't take your uh, transmission to a muffler mechanic. We're all doing, we're all mechanics, just different stuff, yeah, different people. Yeah, I just things better. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, what was I saying? 
Where's I at? Uh, crazy clown. Oh, crazy clown. Another. So three days he fires me, which was kind of a blessing to be honest. Like it was, you know, like when when people don't like you or don't think you're good or whatever. Like they knew that I could draw and that like my tattoos were okay, but they were rough and you know whatever. But you know anyway, fired me. So I walked around the beach for like a couple days, South Beach, and like, um, man, there was all these crazy shops back then that looked like these like Roman cathedrals and shit, and they were ran by Jewish people, and none of them got tattooed. This is kind of a, a weird thing that they do down in Florida. They do this at a lot of like, they do this in um, Fort Walton Beach and shit too, is um, they have uh, these, these places that like these dudes don't tattoo at all. They just like, do all the paperwork and sell the tattoos and shit. And they're like, they don't get tattooed either. They're like, I want to say they're Jewish or Muslim or something. And uh, so um, I walked around and I asked for some jobs, show my portfolio. Nobody was really feeling it. Uh, at the time, my baby mama brother lived in Fort Walton Beach, the panhandle. Why well, didn't this is when I discovered how big the world was too? Um, that fool, I called him up and I'm like, "Yo, I'm down in Miami. I ain't got nowhere to go. You know, I got to get out of this hotel soon. I'm not making any money. I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. Can you come give me a ride? <laughs> come up and chill with you." He's like, "Yeah, but you know, it's like 14 hours." <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So he did end up coming to get me like a day or two later. Um, he drove round trip 28 hours. We, he picked me up at like three in the morning. We pulled into like Fort Walton Beach or Panama City Beach at like, I don't know, five in the morning or something. Wild, bro, wild. He had to go do construction the next day. I was in his trailer chilling with the roaches and uh, I started calling around some tattoo shops to try to get some stencil paper so that I could tattoo him and his friends from the construction site. To see if they'd sell you stencil paper, like sell you supplies? You've heard of that. Have yeah, you yeah. Heard, sure. Have you heard anybody ever stopping in a tattoo shop and asking for any stencil paper? <laughs> now, this is back before the internet exists, obviously. So, called around a couple shops. Nobody was really wanting to give me any but then this guy was like, you tattoo? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, our boss is looking to hire somebody. You should come in and show him your portfolio. And I was like, well, I'm not really in town that long, but I'd love to guest spot him here for like three more weeks. He's like, yeah, for sure. Come in and talk to him. So I want to say it's six o'clock that night. I went and met Jim Wolf. Jim Wolf had worked for JD Crow. He'd worked at mm, some places in Houston, uh, Dago's in Houston. Uh, that's like a famous hood. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I just went to JD Crow's shop last week yeah. in Virginia. Um, he worked with Sailor Moses. Um, his name was Jim Wolf. I don't think that was his real name. Um, uh, he apprenticed Brandon Bond. Um, a lot of people came out of Panama City Beach, like Jesse Smith. Uh, well, Jesse came out of Virginia, but he did. Uh, 
Man, so many people. Jason Steffen was over there. Fucking. Uh, He's good. What's that? The dude that I I, I can't. Think. Joey Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, he owned Exo Graphics, and they were fucking destroying. Was that in Destin or Destin? I've been in that so, shop. So way Destin, anyway, yeah. Fort Walton Beach. That's all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I worked in Fort Walton Beach, but well, I lived in Fort Walton Beach. I worked in Fort Walton Beach. Really, I mean. Spent a lot of time in Des- Destin was where all the money was and Exos yeah. ga- graphics and shit. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so I worked there. So Jim uh, looked at my portfolio and he was like, yeah, you're hired. Fucking start tomorrow. Like, when are you ready? Um, walk in shop tattoo zoo. Um, is the name of it checkered floor? I know you're not gonna believe this. Black and white checkered floor, <laughs> zebra print stuff, some red. I've told you about this, and I do have pictures of it. But when I met him, Jim was a very unique fellow, and you went back into his office, and he smoked cigarettes back there, drank coffee. But the best part was is there was like 4,000 swords hanging on the fucking wall. Yeah. Knives and bayonets and, did I, maybe did I show yeah. you a picture? Yeah, you did, I believe you showed me a picture, but you definitely told, told me about it. Yeah, so I gotta show you, I got pictures of this shit. He had a snake in a bottle, in a, you know those wooden tattoo cabinets that have the green velvet? Bro, I had to get one. Jim told me where to get it. And, Oh man, uh, I was classic stuff, man. Oh man, I was amazed by Jim, and I wasn't a very good tattooer, but Jim really, like, man, he helped me get so much better. To begin with, I was doing a lot of walking tattoos, but like Jim taught me how to tune my machine and shit the way that he tuned it, and explained some things to me that I never knew before. He also showed me how to make a power source with a marine battery um, so that if, you, if you're ever in a hurricane, the power goes out and you're tattooing, you can just pull up closer to the window and keep tatting. Because um, you're on marine battery, you don't need power. Pure yeah, power. It's the most pure power there is. That is, it's DC power. Um, so uh, I learned a lot from Jim. I worked there for like four weeks, five weeks. Um, but, and this is probably why it sounds like we got real close because he offered me a job like to kind of be like the head dude. But like I lived in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. But like I wasn't really having a job. I was in a relationship and she was in college. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I'll take the job. I'm going to go back and tell her like I was in like we were talking while I was there on you know doing the guest spot and she's like yeah babe do it you know we'll I'll graduate high school or graduate oh, college whoa. yeah not high <laughs> college and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no she's in college she's an immune um and uh she and and uh <laughs> and uh so she's like yeah go for it so I came back and I think I'm I moved there within like two weeks and like like, I moved all. all the shit out of our house too. Like it, it was all pretty much mine. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna take all my shit. <laughs> See you, babe. See you, babe. You be tight. You were with an empty apartment. Nice man. Yeah, that's yeah. how I do. I shit. haven't been to Florida, but I was paying the bills. <laughs> that's fair. Um, Get your own chairs. Yeah, until until I until I figured out that I probably 
that she might have somebody over there eating some of my porridge, so to speak. Yeah, man. Uh, and uh, shit was getting weird. And uh, so I, I lived in Destin for about a year. Um, funny thing is, uh, my baby mama's brother went to jail during that time. So I took over his trailer. <laughs> um, but I got real close with Jim. I uh, became like kind of the head tattooer there. It was great. Uh, I loved it. Um, I loved Destin. I loved Fort Walton Beach. I loved loved all that shit. Um, then my chick shit was getting weird back home. Like I said, somebody was sleeping in my bed. And uh, so I decided I was going to come back unannounced. Right before that, one of our tattooers had gotten fucking way out there on fucking dope. And <clears throat> he, uh, he came through and wanted to sell all of his equipment. And like, this fool had like 200 one inch grips from Dermographics <laughs> and like, you know, a full set of fucking like star bright inks and like, the reinventing the tattoo but like this dude had everything and he had like 20 machines and i'm like he's like 80 bucks or something <laughs> he's like a friday night he's out front of the shop and he's fucking beating all and scratching I'm like, yeah i'm all paul bro you gotta chill i'm not gonna get into his name and shit but anyway i'm like bro you gotta chill so finally i'm like all right bro I'll give you 80 bucks for it. I bought it. He ran off in the darkness, smoked his shit. Well, then, like, a day later, two days later, this motherfucker got dope head remorse, you know. Man, you think you could sell that back to me? Nah. <laughs> Yesterday's price ain't today's price, man. That way ain't for sale. Yeah. What he sold me was, to me was so invaluable. Like, I mean, I never would, like, that was thousands of dollars that I wouldn't, like, you know. Yeah, you parted with it so quickly. You, you, you don't get that back. So, when I went back home to catch this bitch up, that fool started telling Jim all this weird shit because Jim let him come back while I was gone to work because uh, he got sober for a couple of days, and then he's like... You know, LT was in here stealing from you and da 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 which none of it is true. So while I was back home, Jim fired me. So then all my shit's in fucking Florida. I'm at home with a fucking chick that's been fucking, I caught her up. Fucking all my equipment's there. Oh, fuck. Everything's all fucked up again. So I fucking... I got some people together. We drove down to fucking uh, Florida right when Hurricane Katrina was coming in. So we were headed there, and you could see a line in Mobile, Alabama, people leaving. Heading the other direction. And we're stopping at U-Haul to get a trailer, and they're like, uh, where are you going? We're like, Florida. They're like, wrong direction. <laughs> well, I went down, got all my shit packed up. Smoke crack, got tattooed, came back in the hurricane where it was fucking coming up over the bridge and shit. Wild, bro. Wild. Stayed up all night, getting my foot tattooed, got 
Got so high, fucked up. We got back to Columbia. I wasn't driving. Somebody else driving. I was laid in the back seat of this truck and my foot got fucking super infected. And then I went to A1 Tattoo at Lake of the Ozarks for the summer. Tattoo 10. Oh, the... Lots of wild stories out of that place. <laughs> that was also an amazing event. Um, so I went to work there during the, um, she, she loved We separated. Um, I went and lived at Scott that you saw in Tattoo U. Um, he let me live there and I was doing some tattoo work. Like I want to say just around Columbia, like filming in here and there. Um, but I got I got the job down at Lake of the Ozarks with Ted, and it was for the summer. And um, I worked three days a week, and I made five thousand dollars at fifty percent every fucking. I mean, like clockwork. Like I made ten thousand dollars a week in in reality. Um, so, needless to say, at the end of summer, I bought a Cadillac. <laughs> I moved to I moved I moved to Arizona, and I opened my first shop. What was the name of that shop? Well, it's rites of passage. That's what, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, I actually bought it. Um, yeah, I remember. I didn't That's open it. I bought it, it was in Yuma, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was in. Uh, I was in Arizona a lot. I was doing a lot of uh, shipping and transportation from Mexico during those times. You worked in distribution. Distribution. Um, uh, I was working, that's what I was doing during the summer. Uh, I would fly it, like, because I would have the whole week off when I worked for Ted. So I would, I would, uh, the whole week I would, uh, like, fly out to, like, Arizona, go to Mexico, do whatever I did, and then I'd fly back, and then I'd go to work on the weekend. And uh, by the end of the summer, I had a fucking fuckload of money. Um... I was in some trouble with Missouri shit with drinking and driving and all this shit. And like I got out of that and they put me on like unsupervised probation just like, but I didn't have a driver's license for 10 years. And so this is going to sound a little wild, but I'm known for that. So my thought process was if I get caught again, driving without a license in Missouri, I go to prison for driving without, because I've had uh, repeated offenses of that. But if I live in Arizona and get caught driving without a license, just driving without a license in Arizona. It's a fresh one. It's freshy. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what I do. I moved to Arizona. Oh, and uh, I bought uh, Rites of Passage uh, from Dan Brown. He... uh, he was famous in tattooing. He came from San Francisco. He's, he also became a glassmaker, uh, like, like uh, high-end like glass, but not pipes, like uh, sculpture glass. Yeah, he sculpture had, glass. There yeah. was kilns and shit in the back of the shop when I bought it. And, uh, yeah. So that, is that, that's maybe how Mel, met, how Mel met you was through Matt when you were out in Arizona and you came back one time or something? Well, I've been I know Matt forever. Yeah, right? yeah. And then Matt Mel worked for Matt. Yeah, yeah. I would come back and visit a little bit, but um, and and yeah, I think I came back and guest spotted at yeah. At, um, what do you call it? 
Yeah, that's where, because uh, Mel, the guy Mel we're talking about is my mentor. Today is his birthday as we record this, but, and you did his foot. He had like a- Mel was your mentor? Yeah, Mel's my tat dad, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I- I, mean, I know that you, like, I knew, yeah. I've, I mean, I've had a village, you know, but Mel was the, the first, my first uh, tat dad. Uh, yeah, 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 no, but I didn't know that, bro. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love Mel. Oh, he's the best. He'll say, he'd walk in and look at a tattoo and he'd say, well, that's not totally awful. But from him, that meant like you doing good, you know, that's like a solid yeah. compliment. Yeah, I'd be like, that's the best worst compliment I ever got, Mel. Today's his birthday. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, I love Mel. I just, happy I just birthday, came Mel. from Mel. Oh, happy brother. birthday, bro. Great guy, Mel Freeman, Melton Hearts. Melton, Mel, Hearts. come out and see me, dog. That's a great name. I'm gonna bring him down here. We're gonna get some lunch. I tried to get him to go by the so. I, well, that's a whole. We'll talk about it one another episode. But I tried to get him to go by the name Velvet Mel. <coughs> oh man. So many great tattoo names, man. Because that's when, like, I had known about you, and I had seen you, and I had heard all these wild stories from your sister and being in Columbia, but then that's when you popped back onto my radar, was I was at T-Dogs, and I was at, uh, in St. Charles out there, and he and I had always remained close, and then I was like, oh, shit, I know that dude. I've met LT, you know, like. So, so like, getting back to, or saying what we were saying earlier about networking i didn't know it but like even back then when i opened the shop my idea was well i'll bring all the people from columbia and and like we'll have good people here and attract good people and and, uh so yeah i had matt come down like during the busy season to do piercings had Casper come out. Yeah. Um, me and Casper did a collaboration. Did a, He was probably we, young. Then, coming bro. out to Arizona, you're saying? Yeah, bro. Yeah. We'd fly him out and shit, like, give him a place to stay. And, Casper's a fucking killer. Yeah, Still bro. And, like, me and Casper did a collaboration chess piece on this dude back then. I got a picture. Of, that's on my Facebook. I'll Is it? Okay, yeah. He's, he's, I love that dude. Anyway, um, bought the shop, remodeled it. What was the shop like when you got it? Like, like what's was it like a busy shop or was it like was it really old? You had to renovate. <coughs> so it was very uh, well, it was very street shop like, you know, and like the old the old asphalt tile, like school tile, had been wore out, and um, the shop. <clears throat> so. Yuma, Arizona is a very unique space, especially in this time and space in life. This was during the beginning of the Gulf War and all this stuff. So we were in the desert a lot anyway. And Yuma, Arizona is the United States' largest marine aeronautical base. And... So there was this built-in clientele of military, um, and Dan's shop, Rites of Passage, was known as the best shop in town because Dan was an award-winning tattooer, and there was only like three or four, sh- I want to say there was five shops when I took over, his, bought his shop, maybe tops, maybe less, or maybe there was four, and they all sucked. Um, but anyway, so anyway, the shop had built-in clientele from the military um, and it did all the silent drill team 
the Bugle Drum Corps and uh, like all of the national, pretty much anybody that was at the military base came there. Um, and so had built in clientele, busy. Uh, I can't, I remodeled it just looking more modern. I did make it a, yeah. I mean, it had flash on the wall. <coughs> it was like, you got to realize that this was 2006. Like, there was pro like, this was right at the beginning of like uh, MySpace, Ink Nation. Um, before that, like, there was a, a lot of custom artists in the world. There was Reed only... Street Forum. I know a lot of people would kind of mess around on that. But. Yeah. Um, so, like, information was out there. You didn't really, like, there was, like, Guy and there was Paul and, like, you know what I mean? But, like, when the Internet started opening up, we could see more people. And, like, that's when I started finding people like Roman. And, and I watched Roman's, I watched Roman's career progress before I ever got to know him, like from doing these all day session, oh, it was just crazy. Anyway, um, that's later on in the story, but uh, so I took over the shop, cleaned it up, made it nice. Um, I thought that it was a great idea being in between Sandy, like all we kept hearing before I ever moved there and did all this shit was, cause I was there a lot doing the distribution thing um, because it's right on the border of Mexico, California. It's like right in that corner. It's, it's what I like to call the asshole of America. It's where all good things come to an end. It really is. The Colorado River, my life, um, <laughs> morality, a lot of things down there. Federal jurisdiction. Federal jurisdictions. <laughs> I mean, well, and... The shit that they've done too, you know, they've shut down the Colorado River. That by the time it goes across the border, it's like you can almost pee more. Yeah, it's a trickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they have shut it down, and they were doing that while I was there. They were also working on the fence while I was there, so we had a lot of we had a lot of clientele with the military. Um, and man, I uh, I took advantage of living on the West Coast. I started going up to Guru in, in San Diego and I started to become friends with like Aaron Della Vadova and I got tattooed by Craig Driscoll and met Adam Hawthorne because uh, Casper was going and getting tattooed by Adam. Mm -hmm. um, I met this dude named Ugly Bill that's in Kansas City now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met just everybody back then. Uh, actually, we went and got tattooed I got some weed from the dudes at Guru, Fire, whatever it was, probably White Rhino or something back then. No, it was Fire because, like, fuck, I've been living in Missouri fucking with brickweed, you know what I mean, right. for last, like, 15 years. And, like, now I'm out here where the kind buds are, and it was Fire back then. This is, like, before, right before Prop 215 legalization. So... <coughs> <clears throat> We're hanging out with them, going out there to San Diego a lot. Um, again, just connecting up, learning shit. Um, I'm heavy into Ink Nation, and this is, I feel like this is like the real pivotal part of my career. Um, so, like, I was doing a lot of, like, I was on Ink Nation and shit a lot, and I was on, uh, I was on MySpace. And Ink Nation was rowdy. That was Wild West on there. That's well, like a like a tattoo like message board, right? It was like a, a social. It was like a MySpace, like a crude MySpace for okay. 
People just hating on there, little the social ladders that were on there and stuff. Bro. There's a dude with his face all, you know what I'm talking about? He had the, like the, he's like a buff guy and his face all tattooed. And he was like Mr. Alpha on the boards talking shit to everybody. I don't remember that dude, but I just know that motherfuckers would tear you up. Oh, like if, bad, if you posted dude. something that, bro, you didn't, like that's when I learned that the internet did not play. And I also learned that I wasn't very good. <laughs> I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And it also like, so in those years of that shop, um, being in the desert, um, oh, look, it's Evan Lovett. Yeah, I didn't. Shit, what's up? Um, yeah, so I'm in the desert. Uh, it's uh, wild uh, being, uh, being in the desert. Um, shit was really crazy. Uh, the, the people there, you learn that like you're really a stranger in a strange land there. Um, everybody's like, where are you from, huh? You don't sound like us. And like, you start to really get it, you know? Um, and uh, so uh, <clears throat> I started like venturing out, um, doing a lot of networking, um, going up into California uh, on, on the message boards a lot, Ink Nation, uh, Facebook, or MySpace, Facebook we weren't allowed on yet. And uh, <clears throat> met these guys met this guy named Mason um, that lived in in Arizona and we were talking a lot he lived in, in uh, Phoenix and then he moved back to San Francisco and he was like working in um, the wharf um, at the shop called Mark of the Tiki and I was like, man, I want to do a little vacation and, you know, come up to the come up to the bay and just kick it. And he's like, yeah, come up and we'll let you guest spot and da 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 da. So like at this time, I drove myself. I'd been working really hard. Um, I really felt like I grew immensely during this time. This is when I met Craig Driscoll and like one, he said some shit to me that was like super pivotal about like, you know, spending two hours a day drawing. Um, how you just grow and like even if you don't have an idea draw whatever it is and like man i just got so focused um and uh <clears throat> i went and did this guest spot in san francisco and uh man i hit it off with uh a dude named dave groeschel that owned the tattoo shop now he did not tattoo but that tattoo shop was also owned by baba um and uh come to find out that like now I was gonna start doing it. So the very first tattoo convention I ever did, I went with the guys from, from San Francisco. I flew out to San Francisco and we came back to Chicago to do the Navy Pier show for the Body Art Expo. It's like one of their very first shows. And I did it with Baba, Rick Walters, Tennessee Dave, um, and uh, this dude named Cisco. That has worked for Mahoney and several other people. Not the thong song guy. Not the thong song guy. This dude is an Italian Irish guy from the Bay that is a very unique fella. And uh, I have a story about it. I'll probably, well, I'll, this is part of that story. So, uh, <laughs> so, um, man, I met. I met so many people at that show. Chente, fucking Louis Gomez, fucking bro. They introduced me to like 
Bob and them introduced me to the like I like all these LA like people and it was just unbelievable. The show was unbelievable. It was at Navy Pier. It was great. We had a great time. I was as busy as fuck. Um, went out partying with Mason and <coughs> fucking Cisco that night. And we're like really like we started out at the top of the Hancock building or whatever. And we're having dinner. And like you can see the whole city from up there, right? And it's like dark. And uh, he's like, yo, take a picture of us right in front of the, the skyline, bro. This is Cisco saying this, me and Mace. So like, and everybody's taking pictures and doing whatever. And so he's like, goes over and stands over there and I like take their picture a few times and it's like flashes and it's like their shadow and it's dark and you can't see. I'm like, hold it. He's like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. And I'm like, nah, hold on, I'll fix it. So I push this button, reformat. <laughs> Slowly, I started watching it erase all of this dude's pictures. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm like trying to stop it. <laughs> He's like, yo, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, nothing, bro. It's chill. <laughs> and I'm just like getting hotter and hotter. And then, Baby pictures, gone. Bro, for real, though. So I give it to dude. I'm like, man, I don't know what to do. It just erased all your pictures. I'm sorry. I don't really know dude very well either, you know. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's like, <laughs> some kind of fucking nerd get this back or something. And this dude does not think like he's so mad. And Cisco's like a, he's a bad dude, really. Like he really is. Um, so. I'm like scared to death. I really don't know what's going to happen. And I've just met all the greatest people in tattooing in my whole life. And I've just probably ruined my everything. Um, so I was like, well, I guess drinks are on me. And like all night long, he's like, you know, I'd fucking kick your ass, but you keep buying us drinks and shit. And like, he would say shit like that. He's like, uh, and then, and like, let me tell you something. Cisco has never let that go. He'll, if he sees me, he's like, you know, I would have wore my Italian shoes today, but I was afraid you'd erase them. Oh, shoot. <laughs> he'll say, like, I erased like a funeral of his friend, his oh, whole Ita man. Italy trip. I'm like, you didn't like download those in here? Nobody knows how to fucking do that, bro. He should not have had a digital camera, okay? Let's just, let's just start off there. He shouldn't have had a digital camera. Second of all, he shouldn't have let me touch it. Third of all, it was my fault, and, and I felt bad. Mistakes were made. Mistakes were made, but... Um, and Cisco really liked me, and... and uh, <laughs> I ruined it. No, we, we actually, we had a pretty good friendship. With, but he, anytime he sees me, he fucks with me. Um, so that started me doing a ton of shows. Um, in, in California, I, I started doing all because they were the sponsors with Baba and shit. So all of the body art expos I did um, with those dudes. And uh, so uh, um, in between that time, Jesse Smith had commented on one of my tattoos on Ink Nation or mm -hmm. Space or something. And I was like, man, we should collaborate. And he said, you got a client? That was, that was his response. 
and I didn't miss a beat. I said, yeah. yep. I remember all this time period, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I uh, I did not have a client, but I knew I'd give me one. Yeah. And uh, we started this project, and let me tell you something. I definitely was a student. Jesse definitely knew a lot more than me. Um, it was a I, cool tattoo. Yeah, but I mean, like, so the process for me was like this whole crazy thing. Jesse, I don't even think thought about it till the day before, except for what I bugged him over the the phone and over emails and like you've been sweating it and everything. Oh, I mean, I drew it like forty thousand times, of and then like, like I mean, so it's a long story, but. I ended up getting Jason James to mm-hmm. meet me in Florida. So I went to Destin like four or five days before. Yes, but I made a bunch of money from, you know, now I'm better and I'm back. And I got clientele there from back in the day. So Jason picks me up and we drive over to Orlando to King something tattoo in Orlando where um, Jason Steffen was working at the time. And uh, um, I I showed up and he had his tattoo and I ended up redrawing mine right there <laughs> because it, it didn't, like all this stuff that I overthought and did it, it just was no good. And he was like, why don't you just get rid of the bottom half of this and put it in a seat and like, then I needed to redraw it all right there, and so I redrew it, and then he made me start the tattoo. Okay, so you went first. Then I went, for, I went first, went first, first. <laughs> and uh, it was like a 12-hour tattoo. It's big. It's big. It covers Jason's whole thigh. I, I remember like, when he went and got it. I did like eight hours myself, and then like, yeah, he did. We did. Yeah. Yeah, Jesse. Maybe Jesse spent like eight hours tattooing his part, and I did the rest. It's, it's a big tattoo. It's, it's probably over on the wall. Um, that tattoo changed my life um, because then fast forward, I'm doing tattoo conventions. It's in my portfolio. I also have like, I'm all over the internet like, blow, like trying to blow up that I've been hanging out with Jesse and drawing with Jesse and shit. And Roman sees my fucking portfolio at the show and he's like, dang, that's sick. You should fucking come hang out with me. And I was like, yeah. That's what's gonna happen. Hey, I'm just gonna say Evan Lovett's here from Philadelphia. What up? How long are you in town? Just the night. We're gonna be here a few more minutes. I'm telling my story, which is forever. (laughs) Just make yourself at home. I just don't want you to feel like I'm neglecting you or you know what I'm saying? Alright, cool, cool, cool. So uh met Roman. Um, I went back to Arizona with a head full of Roman, telling me to come like kick it with him, work with him, and guest spot. And I set that up right away. Um, and I went and guest spotted, and he was like, "Yo, bro, you ought to come work with me." I was like, "All right." So I started kind of gearing up to close up the shop, and I was like, "Let's do another." Uh, Let's do another um, guest spot just to make sure we're on chill. So we did, and uh, <clears throat> the 
I, I went back and started closing down my shop. I'm going to go work with Roman. Seemed like best move. So I did. Closed down my shop. Funny story. Got my U-Haul all together. Got to Ukaipa. Pull up. Go inside. Um, artistic element. Now, I want you to know that I'd already talked to Roman's assistant for weeks ahead of time. And, like, I definitely have been in communication and doing stuff. I walk in and, like, Roman's like, yo, what's up? Like, what's up? He's like, you my... You my client? <laughs> you thought you were his client. Yeah. And I'm like, no, bro. I moved here today to work. He's yeah. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, shit, bro, come here real quick. And I was like, what the fuck? And he takes me out back and he goes, oh, so I kind of forgot you were coming. And I didn't, really, I didn't really know if you were really coming. So I hired this other dude. I think uh, other two dudes. I know Gino was definitely one of them, but I feel like he hired two dudes. And I'm like, oh, wow. That's wild because, like, I'm moving across the street from the shop. Like, like literally, like, I lived, like, two blocks over. I've got my whole family in a U-Haul. Yeah, like, everything I own is it's in that. It's wild. Um, Yo. Um, so... Um, he goes, oh, man. He goes, we're busy as fuck, bro. Don't trip. We're going to get you busy. Just go get settled in. Um, man, it was, uh, it was wild. So, yeah, I started at Romans at Artistic Element. Uh, there was a lot of us working there in Ukaipa. Um, but... I persevered, made it through, worked hard. Uh, yeah, that's a big level up for you from Yuma, yep. Arizona to working with Roman, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Insane. This was an insane time, too, because he had been getting tattooed by Nico and Mike DeVries and all these. Just, so he was learning how to become a, a great portrait artist. And so, like. Carlos Torres, like everybody, bro, like Carlos Rojas. I met every, like we, we went and had art nights with Josh Duffy. And, you know what I mean? Went to, went to like Mike DeVries' shop and we all hung out. I worked with uh, an amazing group of artists, uh, Whitney Lennox. I have a bunch of her paintings around the shop. She's one of my favorite artists. She works in uh, Riverside um, with this dude named Callie. Not Kaylee, not to be confused with Kaylee, although spelled exactly the same. So that's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing for a lot of people. It was for me at first because I knew Callie before I knew Kaylee. Yeah. So anyway, um, anyway, uh, Callie and uh, let's see who else worked there. G Gino come to work with us. Uh, Mike, Mechmaster Mike would come. Uh, uh, is that Benny? Benny's crazy, yeah. Benny, Benny's, on, Benny's on his bullshit again. MacMaster um, Mike would come in and guest spot with us at uh, Romans. Just like Killer's always in there. Um, and like, you had to be on your A game too. I'll tell you, anytime you did any bullshit at Roman shop, he would like come through and be like, you know, uh, we do like good tattoos here, bro. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know. Maybe try doing those. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he would come at you like that, like, I don't know, bro. Look a little whack. 
you know it was not like and again it was killers every day like Callie was like booked doing Japanese or like black and gray like like kind of like uh, West Coast shit uh, uh, Whitney was doing these fucking chicks and like she would just draw it like Whitney Linus is like a crazy natural artist um, and they, again they were all just killers uh, John Grave came through there Cholo worked there. Cholo was uh, is uh, like Roman's life mate, and like <laughs> um, at the time he was drunk all the time. He, he lived at the shop, and it was quite an. It was a. It was a. It was a he's whole like a time, buff dude. Now, right? Yeah, he's buff yeah. now. Uh, yeah, yeah, buff dude. I I love Cholo. Uh, Eric Smithfield. Uh, that's <laughs> that is Cholo's real name, uh, Eric Smithfield. Um, so that was wild. Uh, uh, I work. I I was just kind of talking about this earlier, right? That I, I spent like thirty thousand dollars first year with Roman, like traveling, doing shows. Um, I just went everywhere with Roman and tried to connect with everybody I could. Um, just trying to get better, get known. Get, get in this game. That's tattoo school right there. Yeah, not get in this game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, and I won, I, you know, I won um, Best New School 2009 at Hell City. That was pretty pivotal for me, um, working with Roman then. Um, Roman, I think, took two tattoos of the day that year. Um, I tried to get tattoo of the day. He beat me. Um, yeah, man, that was, uh, I, l I learned a lot. I, I did a lot. It was fire. Um, I, owe, I owe a lot. Like, Roman really put me in a, in a unique position. I mean, I utilized it, but me working there put me in a very unique position that not everybody's had. Um, so, I owe a lot to the artistic element, Roman. Well, they say opportunity comes to those that are prepared, too, though, you know. You got to be putting in that legwork to have even Roman see your portfolio and give a shit about it, too, you know. No, 100%. I was, well, I was, on, I was on one. I was definitely trying to... I mean, I ain't, I ain't never cared about nothing but tattooing ever since I, like... Like I said in the beginning of this, like, I just... I, I've always loved tattoos and, like, I was... I just willing. I was willing to trade it all for a little more in the tattoo industry. Maybe still am. <laughs> uh, yeah. So worked there until uh, I got strung out again, uh, and that's when I really got sober in 2010. I worked there for about five years, four or five years um, with Roman. Um, again, it was great. Uh, I learned so many things and. It broke my heart to leave. It was hard to leave, um, but it was time for me to leave. And uh, so I got sober in uh, December 26, 2010. And about nine months later, I moved to the Bay. Um, I moved to San Francisco and went to work with Dave Groeschel at Mom's, uh, right on the corner of Haight and Masonic, like Haight-Ashbury District, whatever you want to call it. Um, I lived in the inner sun sunset um, it was like a street shop. Well, it is street shop, still street shop. 
Uh, it was owned by Dave Groeschel and Barnaby. Um, Barnaby was the tattooer. Barnaby's a pretty good tattooer. Um, a lot of good Japanese. But, you, you, I mean, you had to be good in San Francisco. It's just it. Yeah, there's, that's, I mean, a that's West Coast mecca for tattooing. 1,000%. Um, and so, and, and I, uh, I work with Dave Bodrick at, uh, one shot in, uh, the sunset, um, in San Francisco. So I worked in San Francisco for about five years or, well, I worked at mom's for about a year. Um, so I went there, like I was ready to like stop doing custom tattoos because I was tired of drawing all the time and blah, blah, blah. But then like when... When you have to do a bunch of Pinterest tattoos that get off of the 71 bus. Uh, I wanted to shoot myself in the face after a while. Um, and uh, it was nice not having to draw some stuff. But uh, <clears throat> it was just hard working for Dave. It got hard. It got hard working there. It was just stressing me out. And uh, like I said, I've been sober about two or three years now. And... Uh, I was, I was also traveling a lot while I worked there. So like really what I would do is I'd like, I would work there like two or three weeks and then I would go do a guest spot or a convention and I'd be gone for a week. And then I'd come back for like two or three weeks and then I'd be gone. So I was gone all the time. And I was like, I started kind of gearing up and was like, you know what? I think it's just good if I just leave the shop. And so I started looking for a job in San Francisco and <laughs> I had a couple like kind of bites, but like really nobody's leaving any of the shops in San Francisco. They just all kind of move around. Yeah. So like Blackheart's not hiring uh, unless you already work at like Everlast uh, and like Skull and Sword wasn't hiring unless you worked at Seventh Son. Yeah, you know, it's just inner circle. Of, it, it's just it's just how it is. And like I could have went to work at any of the Hell's Angels shops or any of that kind of stuff, but that's just not how I get down. Uh, and, and like I wanted to go somewhere where I was better or where people were better. I really. Um, and what was also hindering me is I didn't have clientele in San Francisco. My stuff was a hard sell um, to begin with. Um, new school tattoos. I learned this while I lived in San Francisco. So like when I would do a new school tattoo, it would be a fucking import person that was from the Midwest to the East Coast. <laughs> and like, as I started to think about artists that were new school artists back in the day, I'm like, Ohio, Columbus, oh, yeah. fucking New Jersey, fucking Rhode Island, fucking, you know, Joe Cap, all of them are all like okay. Connecticut, all of this. So really, new school stops about the Midwest. Now, it does go out to Colorado a little bit, but really, I mean, it, it goes everywhere, right? But like, what I found was, is all the clientele that I was tattooing that got that kind of tattoos were from these areas. This way over, you got like traditional Japanese West Coast. I mean, yeah, hardy out there. You know, that's hardy. And, and so, and so, like, yeah, no. And in San Francisco, people would go, oh, and and then you think realism is. So I did realism too, color realism, leaving Romans. I'm good at it, right? Like, taught me so much. I'm good at it at this point, and but like, they don't want to spend the kind of money that it like. 
They want it to look realistic, but like traditional realistic. I still see that every day. People are like, what about this? And it's like, I know somebody that'll do that for you, but you ain't gonna like the cost or the weight. You know, it's, it's funny to see. <laughs> That's what it was. And so I was having a hard time really like, really like staying, well, so I was busy in the city with people that were transplants from other places and, but it wasn't enough to like really keep me busy, busy, busy. So what I would do is I would travel full time. And I didn't really know this when I quit there, but I was just like, you know, I got like some travel dates. I'm just going to quit. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I just can't be here anymore. And so that's what I did. And I just started traveling full time and it worked out real well. Um, basically when I lived in San Francisco, the whole time I was there, it was like, when I'd be back home, I was like on vacation so I could like go do whatever I want. Cause I wasn't really tattooed in the city. And if I was, it was like, I'd do a couple of days at one shot or, you know, I have a couple tattoos in my private studio, but like most of the time I was just like chilling when I was there. And then when I was on the road, I was fucking like really, really working. Yeah. Really working. So, um, I did that for about five years, six years five years ish traveled to Europe a lot um, amazing amazing uh, shit happened to me man I you know went to Philip Lou's uh, won first place at Avion uh, large color um, used to go to Avion a lot I don't fuck around with that dude no more um <laughs> Travel Sweden. I love Sweden. Spent a lot of time in Sweden. A lot of time in Germany. Uh, did a lot of just a lot of traveling back and forth. Um, beautiful. Um, met this chick. Lived in Nashville. I lived in San Francisco. We had to figure something out. Long story short, we moved to Indiana. Studio Thirteen. Went to work with Kelly Doty, Tree Sharp. Well, I guess she said Tree Sharp. Jake, Jake and Jess owned Studio 13. Teresa Sharp worked there at the time. Uh, she was just winning Inked. One of oh, the best other. Inked. Yeah. Best Inked. Season 2, I think she was the winner. Um, maybe Season 1. Anyway, Kelly Doty was going to work there. Jake and Jess was really cultivating a team. Funny enough, Rot... Uh, Ron Hadley, something Hadley. I, I know, I know that last. Um, one. I can't think of the Josh Carlton. They've all. There was a ton of really good artists have come out of Indiana. There's actually a really good tattoo. I mean, Dusty's there. There's, I mean, Black Black Anvil's a fucking great tattoo shop too. There's, there's actually, there's Cardinal. There's a bunch of great tattoo shops just in Fort Wayne. They have a great tattoo culture, but. Jake and Justin them definitely dominate the scene in Fort Wayne for sure. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of their shows this year. Uh, shout out Fort Wayne Tattoo Convention. Shout out Toledo Tattoo Convention. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Um, Explore Tattoo Conference. I don't know that we're going to make the LA show. Although that Explore Tattoo Conference, they basically got everybody from uh, the Grand Reaper um, is going to be doing two days of intensive learning so i would say anybody that wants to learn how to be a glendale bully or a prim or a, a justin 
Hartman, you better go to fucking L.A., whatever those dates are. We'll find them out. Um, yeah, sign up for those seminars. Don't forget that five-star. Um, <laughs> no, no fours, all right? Um, so, where was I at? Not to adapt. Working with uh, uh, out in Studio 13, Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah. Studio 13, Fort Wayne. Year of that. Traveled a lot. It was, it was a good experience. Um, I guess. I guess law. I guess if I was to say why I really moved, it was because like I was living in the Midwest. Um, it took eight hours to get to Columbia to visit my family, either if I flew or I drove. And I thought if I'm gonna live in the Midwest and it's gonna suck, I probably should just live in Missouri. That way I can go over and see my grandson and da 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 da. You know what I mean? Like, just made more sense. Plus, I had like, this is probably where I was gonna build long lasting clientele. Yeah. Um, like, I wasn't gonna be staying in Indiana forever. I already knew that from the beginning. So, like, it seemed like as 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 my relationship progressed and things that like it just made more sense to move. And we were gonna move to Columbia, but uh, actually. The my hetero life mate Doke uh, gave me a, the soundest piece of advice I think he's ever said was, <laughs> "Do you want to come back here and tattoo these same old fucking people that you used to tattoo?" And I was like, "Damn, no, I don't." He goes, "You want to hear the? You want to fix up my tattoo? You messed up years. Oh, you know I really got no money." And like he's right, that's how it was gonna be. And it was college town. I didn't really want to go back and do MU tattoos again. Um, so St. Louis was the spot, and I was comfortable over here. And I'd, uh, I'd already uh, had a relationship with coming back here and like guest spotting and self inflicted. Um, so, yeah. So that was 2016. And uh, been here ever since. And I ain't going nowhere. Not going nowhere because I. This is the end game. It's, I mean, I'm too old now to really go anywhere, right? Oh. Well, I mean, I'm gonna go. I mean, I hope you don't go anywhere, but I'm gonna go places. But I mean, like, yeah, starting over somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. This is it. Like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna buy the house I'm living in. Like, I ain't ever done that. No shit like that. So, this is, this is the one for me. Plus, I, I mean, I got the shop here. I got the show here. I mean, I got a lot of money in the shop. Um, I was gonna say there's worse places to plant roots, man. I mean, you got you got a really nice shop here. It's cheap to live here. The the GRV is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love heart of the GRV. Yeah. What is the GRV? Oh, you're in it. You oh, are that, in uh, it. Mangrove. This is the Grove. Yeah. I mean, now still Mangrove to as me. The, as the right. GRV. That's the name of the property. Yeah, that's what this area used to be called. Oh. Yeah. Well, we. We are dubbing it the GRV. I got redubbed, taking it back. Grove, but before it was the mangrove. But don't you think the GRV? I like is, it. I, like I mean, it. that's definitely a modern take. I mean, the kids today are the evolution. Really, how do you feel about it? It's slap fucks. It the does. GRV, yeah. no cap, no cap, no cap. Yeah, 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 no cap. This shit's lit. No cap. <laughs> He's not feeling it. Yeah, you're not, He's not feeling it. it. It, it'll catch on. It's kind of a big, big thing. It'll catch on. <laughs> we're gonna, we're getting to name the GRB. Oh, that's good. I didn't. I thought that might have been the official campaign. 
It is. We are the official campaign. Yeah. It already I mean, passed, man. It's, it's here. I mean, if we want to keep it 100, we're the only people that really matter down here anyway. Make, you a, make a sticker. Woo! Little Florida Lee GRV sticker. We're the only ones that really matter down here anyway. Woo! <laughs> Things are getting spicy on the podcast. Woo! Um, yeah, man. So then I had this epiphany that uh, I could put on the show after all that stuff. After that story I just told y'all, I took some of that and I was like, you know, I can probably put together a show. And I called up a bunch of my friends and I said, hey, you want to come out and do a tattoo convention? Matter of fact, Evan Levitt came to my very first one, did a, a beautiful graffiti piece there. He does huge, large graffiti pieces. You should definitely check him out on IG. We had a meeting at Sub-Zero Sushi Bar. You asked me about it before you started the convention. You asked what I thought. Did we? Oh, did. made me feel cool. Heck yeah, man! <laughs> why, why were we at Sub Zero Sushi Bar? Because it's good. Is that is that our place out there? No, that's the other one. That's in Central West End. We yeah, 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 yeah. That was that like a late night situation. Uh, they were open hella late, and I believe at the time it was the best sushi St. Louis had. I, I ended up there. It that, closed down. So that's why I'm asking because I I have this vague memory of being there late at night, and I'm like. That place doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, they used to serve, like, fucking delicious sushi till 2 a.m. That's my Benny. My Benny's here, too. Benny did some CBD earlier, but he wasn't really feeling it. He, he's like, give me the THC, Papa. Yeah, he's, he's beyond He's more that. of a THC kind of guy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been here since 2016. Um, I'm not going nowhere. Um, and uh, put on the show. I, I probably did ask. I don't remember that particularly, but I'm glad that you feel good about it, and I'm glad. I'm glad that I did ask your input because, well, I mean, I went. I talked to a few people locally. I try to get people involved. Um, some people did get involved. Um, some people did not. That's okay. I would like to judge again. I would. You're. You're definitely coming back to judge. Do you need to go potty? Oh man. Um. I'm gonna have to take him potty All right. or something. Um, or I can hop off and do it. No, I, I should just go do it. We can just pause for a second. We're, this is a, actually a really good turning point. We can uh, edit. Pause for the cause. Pause for pause station identification. I gotta take Benny to go potty. Like I had a Twix the other day, and I was like, oh, man. forgot how this good Twix were, you know? Ever, like, I'm long, I'm long-winded. Guess we're just up to now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, no, I mean, I guess this would be a perfect time to talk about what I'm smoking on, what I'm doing. Yeah, the time. weed or the medicine. Yeah, the the rosin. The rosin. So tonight I just got some, our, our most modest <laughs> presentation. <laughs> I got some Dogman. Uh, I'm always smoking Dogman. I love it for the head stash. Shout out Dogman Troop, Michigan. Uh, drink, I'm smoking the Black Maple. You've already smelled this and checked it out before, but uh, might as well just do it again. Then I got my Point Break Ooh. that I love. Uh, the Point Break's real gassy. You said it's kind of fruity on the end last time. Um, I feel like the, the point break is like got almost like an oil kind of kerosene kind of smell or taste to it. Like it's real, 
I don't know, oily. Uh, yeah, it does got that. <clears throat> what um, a little logo, the, the design on that. So that's a Mechmaster Mike logo. Oh, okay. So old boy's getting tattooed by Mechmaster <laughs> Mike. That adds up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got a Mechmaster Mike. It's a pad from Mechmaster Mike oh, right man. here. Uh, mood mat. And then uh, smoking out of my mothership. Uh, yeah, and I've got the new Terp Sous V. It's basically a dab butler. Pretty much keeps everything at the perfect temperature. So it's always ready, perfect temp every time. I will say uh, I do love it. Um, I also bought some rigs from the same people, or well, they own the same company, Investahead, or it's a different company, I guess, different names, Investaheadies, but. Um, <coughs> Yeah, I really like it. It's a little noisy. I could see like it's it's really tight. Like if you were having a session, um, because then you just got it ready all the time. It's kind of like an e nail that's more like like uh, it's like an e nail that's kind of like uh, just like if you were heating it with a torch because like your banger stays clean and it's like not damaging it as much because it's not heating it up as high or cooling it like the butane does. Not to mention, butane's just not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Well, like what you're saying, is it's a lot less intimidating, you know, the, the looks of it. You know, you don't have a butane torch out, you know, and the whole chemistry set out for everybody, you know? This is, this is like a hairdryer over in the corner. What do you, you think, know? Matt? Are you less intimidated? By what now? This thing? Than the torch? We, we, oh, yeah, the torch was a lot. I, I'm, I, I mean, I like the torch because it's cool looking. But I really like this uh, industrial mini lift. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the visual impact of that. I like that. <laughs> and it's quiet. Yeah, for those viewers at home, <laughs> got the, uh, the dab rig up on like a, like a cherry picker thing. <laughs> so that is that a part of it? Or is that just a separate? Where'd that come from? No, no, they sell that with it. Okay. So, okay. It, 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 so it's, a, it's a jack, right? Like, like think about a motorcycle jack. They're very much the same. Um, and like, if you think about it, like rigs are all different sizes and heights and shit. And so, you know, like if I had a different rig here, you would see that like, it may need to go higher or lower. Um, I, I love it. I love that. Just that part of it. I don't know why I like the color. I think it's interesting. You know, I think when I showed it with everybody I sh sent the picture to, they were like, that stands sick. <laughs> it's tight. Nobody it's knew that this was like. I didn't just know. Is everybody was like, that stands sick. What's going on right there? No, it's. I, um, I, I just saw the thing behind it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. I sent a there. picture to my friend uh, Hannah, and she was like, you're extra. I mean, it is extra. Let's be real. I'm but. extra. Yeah, it was it was eight hundred dollars. The baller box. Yeah. So I get it came in a pelican case. And, That's tight. <laughs> uh, that way, you know, it, all of it goes inside the pelican case. My, I mean, my rig goes in a pelly too. You know what I mean? Like, so I carry it from place to place. I got what like three pellies up there right now. Oh yeah. Serious about transport. That's he that's heady shit. And then what's that? You got the dab right thermometer there to tell you what, what the temperature of your banger just, is? Just to make sure that it is perfect um, because I do run it a little hot to make sure that 
I got a minute or, or not a minute, but like a second or so to like get the dab put in there and like so I'm not rushed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nothing worse than an anxious dab, you know? Yeah. Well, who wants to be rushed, right? I ain't from Russia, so stop rushing. Today, uh, over in North County, where I'm from, you know, I was cutting through this neighborhood. And I saw a sign, a handwritten sign that said "Drive slow for the Ukraine." Hmm. It's like telling people. It's like because like people cut through there and drive hella fast. Do you get that Russian comedy I sent to you? Yeah, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> it I didn't said get it either. Fortnite. So, so listen. There was this picture of Putin with all these military guys. That said four nineteen. And then down below it was another picture of Putin in front of all these trash bags, and it said 420. So that, and it was, it was posted by this dude named Den Yakov, somebody from Russia or Ukraine or something, right? Yakov Shmirnov. <coughs> Yakov Shmirnov. He does fucking sick fucking, you know, he's like one of them Russian, or he's probably not Russian. I've never watched my mouth. He's probably something else. Botswanian or something. Anyway. Right. I sent it to a bunch of people, and I'm like, I don't get Russian humor. <laughs> like, nobody. It, it makes no sense. I mean, <coughs> I, I mean there's got to be a point of reference somewhere, but I don't know what it is. Well, I get 420, but, like, I don't think they smoke. Oh, hold smoke on. Cash, a chick got caught with weed in Russia. Maybe that has something to do uh, with Oh, Brittany Griner, you're saying, the basketball trash player. Trash bag. Uh-oh. Oh, Maybe it is something. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just making shit up. Too. A week from now, that That's meme a, might be funny. That's a lot of work for a meme there. <laughs> wow. I know. So, um, yeah. Yeah, just doing some dabs. I'm not doing that many dabs tonight, really. I mean, I have been smoking hash since this morning. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure fair enough has been ingested. <coughs> <coughs> so, yeah. That was good dab. I went with the. It was at the point break. Point break. Yeah. Very nice. Really oily. I guess I could have passed you it. No, no, no. I'm good. Are you I'm set? Good. You yeah, set? I'm all set. <coughs> you may not know this, but Bowser used to <coughs> sing for a band called Tallywhacker. <laughs> had a lot they of were, they were They had their own dance crews. Hardcore dance crew, vegan, straight edge. XVX? XVX. We would X out. Tallywhacker. Yeah. Yeah. Full fledged militant vegan dance crew. <coughs> dance crew. Yep. <coughs> I'm going to be 100% honest. Anything. That got me hot. <coughs> I believe it. Hot boy. Hot boy. Hot. The block is hot. The block is hot. <laughs> the block is hot. You don't like that? <laughs> yeah, he's just keeping you honest. Yogi said no. <laughs> <coughs> That's been quite the tattoo journey, and now you have a nice, uh, cool apprentice named Bowser here in St. Louis, <coughs> and he gets to be a part of that journey and g gain a little bit from uh, all that wild stuff in the past. Yeah, I believe I'm only your, your second apprentice, right? Yeah. Yeah. So throughout that whole whole journey you only had one other apprentice yeah hookah heather I, I actually i guess at this point i'm used to the name i used to hate that name what heather <laughs> both i hated her mostly um no 
<clears throat> no, I just hate it. Like, you know, again, I come from a time when tattooing wasn't accepted and like it was a it was quite a an uphill battle for me like early on with family and all kinds of people about what I was doing like I always heard what are you gonna do what are you really gonna do but like really what are you gonna do like nobody knew that tattooing was gonna be like this when's just he like, getting, yeah just like cannabis dude my grandma went to she she died wondering what am I gonna do when people stop getting tattooed? And I kept trying to tell her that like people have been getting tattooed for 25,000 years. When's he gonna get a real job? Yeah. <coughs> What's your nine to five? <coughs> and so, uh, yeah, it was a real uphill battle, but um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. But. Oh, so the apprentice thing, yeah, yeah, apprenticed her and I was, I, oh, the reason I didn't like hookah was because, like, I was trying to beat the stigmas of shit and become, like, professional and get out of, like, out of drug culture. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all the stuff that, all the stigmas that were about tattooing that, like, are about cannabis are all, like, the same. And so, like, again, this was 20 years ago, you know, all that was, you know, Tattooing was not accepted and people didn't really like it and shit like that. So I can relate both those things to cannabis and also like that's what I was I was just trying to like train her for the future of tattooing because I knew that it was gonna go to what what we're in now. You know what I mean? We're not it's not the old days in this shop. Yeah, there's no motorcycle parked in the lobby, you're saying? <laughs> no, not at this shop. I believe that there might be a shop in town that has a motorcycle in the lobby, funny enough. But no, you're right. Like, tattoo culture certainly has changed. I mean, you get a lot of more, like, like middle-aged moms <coughs> and stuff for the clientele versus, you know, hell's, hell's at minion bikers and stuff. I mean, you, you should know where you're at like, oh yeah yeah e even the south side's way different than it probably was yeah it's way different as we still get some weirdos and, uh, and some character when i first started going around hanging out at my work there was still a bunch of those dudes that would come around from that group and it was definitely interesting to see the transition right that's the pre-show post-show that's how i think about it pre pre-miami ink post-miami ink yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing to be post Miami. I just remember before and after there was a big difference. Well, I mean, I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, those TV shows, they, they did. They brought it into the modern world. And I like, I'm definitely grateful for all of that stuff. And yeah, I don't mind it. it no, man. I again, like tattoos gave me something that like I couldn't have went. I don't think I would have ever been in Europe. I probably would have been in prison. Like, if I was just to keep it, like, 100, you know what I mean? Like, so, I think I'm, I'm glad that those TV shows happen. Um, yeah, it definitely helped to, like, lend to the legitimacy of, of what was going on in tattoo shops, for sure. Right. So, um... Did uh, you know all this stuff, Bowser, or was it some of this new? Or of LT's history? Yeah. 
Um, I know quite a bit of it. Um, he's he's talked to me quite a bit about about how he came up, and we we talk all the time about everything. I mean, one of us is always running their mouth about something. Is there anything you don't believe from him, like that he might have? No, okay. no, not at all. Um, I mean, when I first when I first met him, I mean, the way he talks, I mean, you know, like it, you're like, all right, yeah, everybody talks, you know, we'll see. But everything this man has said to me that will happen has happened. Yeah. Everybody he said that I would meet, I've met. Um, you know, I've, I mean, he's given me absolutely no reason to doubt anything that he said because everything he said he's kept it 100 with me and it's a it's few and far between people that like talk and walk you know what i mean so pretty pretty grateful pretty fortunate to be sitting in this seat right now so but yeah we went out to we went on to, uh kansas city for josh martin's art show yeah and stopped out in uh columbia and on you know the whole way there he's pointing out places you know hey i did x y and z there you know so not all of it's for the home audience to hear but like you pointed out like the truck stop where you're at and stuff you know and it, it's cool you know because I'm, I'm his apprentice you know so now that's part of my lineage too oh, you know that, sure. that stuff has to be remembered and, and preserved you know yeah down. origin stories and stuff is my favorite thing to talk about with tattooers absolutely see where where everybody's coming from and initial uh, 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 the year you know that's always interesting i didn't realize when i had first started hearing about lt that he was uh, it was pretty new into your adventure with this but i mean i was super young but i was still in high school but i remember being like oh lt's you know well tattooing dude tattooing as a thing in columbia hadn't really been yeah around that long not in Colombia, like probably at that point, 10 years. Yeah. You know, like before that, JD used to pull up twice a year in this bus and you probably don't know about, or maybe I'd heard of it, it, but yeah. But So JD, <laughs> this dude would pull up in a bus that was full of flash and like you, he, he named his own price and like he parked at this fucking truck, uh, MFA fucking gas station that was owned by some friends of mine later on his grandpa bro that was the only tattooer that ever came through columbia until lakeside come and opened a shop on the business loop right there in the custom muffler uh shopping center bass pro was right it was like bass pro it's before bass pro was across the street it was when it was in that fucking muffler clinic parking lot not muffler clinic custom muffler muffler clinic was up the way um but yeah bro um t- t- tattooing didn't really exist in Colombia very long and i mean like i mean spider was working spider was like probably the top other than Cy and spider were like yeah. the top in town and like again that was I feel like that was only like ten years tops after those. Those were both the dudes for sure. Yeah, and the one of them Kern brothers. Well, came that, from yeah, Tim Kern was was Spider's apprentice. Oh, okay, <clears throat> so Tim Kern apprentice under Spider and James Kern apprentice under Guy. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Dark sided spoon, bro. <laughs> we always. Uh, we used to make this joke about making a book that there's a bunch of tattooers that have brothers or sisters or they're like twins or whatever. 
And like one's just a little better than the other. Sure. And we're like dark side of the spoon. One of them's just like, like Ty Harris has a brother that like scratches out of his fucking, really? out of his fucking garage, bro. Like, and like you know, Ty, it's Ty's his brother. Yeah. His brother scratches out of his garage. He might not now, I don't know, but like a couple years ago, Still scratch out. That's it's a rough spot to be in. Like, imagine being like Larry Jordan. You know, <laughs> I almost started playing basketball, and they're like, "Ah, why don't you find something else, Larry?" You know, <laughs> he he works for the, the their place for the fucking Vermont Raiders. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, it's you like it, it's like the BBA. It's like it's just as good. It's about the same thing. It's like though. the European NBA. We're like the same. I play in Canada, Larry <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> Yeah, so we used to make a joke about Dark Side of the Spoon, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what I was saying, but, yeah, no, I hadn't been on the tattoo adventure very long. I used to see all types of cool tattoos from Spider, I remember. I was always, like, I... I, A big one here. I, like, spoke to him once, and I was like, okay, yeah, this guy don't want to talk to me. And that's fine. I was, like, 15 or something. Like, all right. I always liked Cy, though. He was always real nice to me and, like, a kind of, you know, straightforward kind of... Military. Yeah, he looks... Milton. You know who he kind of looks like to me is Alan. I, I feel like they're a similar build and like yeah, kind of like a same similar. But but yeah, he he was always real nice as far as yeah, just like straightforward dudes. I was. And yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I used to see some cool tats that he did too. Well, he was fire at one point. Um, fire. What is that? It's a lever on that chair over there. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? It felt like it was deep. I know. Yeah, it's like, I was like, is Benny? Other people like, hearing is, this? Is there a ghost in here? Um, uh, Ron, man, he was a really cool dude. Ron Bradley, yep. I, I tattooed Ron's Ron. hand. Uh, I've known, I know Ron. I wouldn't, he, he has a shop somewhere out in, by a base or something, right? You said? Yeah, he's in Fort Leonard Wood, I think. Yeah, I'd like to go say hi to him. He was, uh, he was real nice to me. Yeah, we could go see Ron. Bro, I saw Ron a few years ago. He was going to rent a place from my grandpa in Moberly. Funny enough, my gra- my grandpa's had, well, he, Ron didn't rent from him, but Jason Fancher, apprentice that chick that owns the Pastel Devil yeah, or whatever, yeah. in my grandpa's building. Really? <laughs> yeah, my grandpa owns it. My grandpa owned almost all of downtown Moberly because he's from Moberly. Mm. Long, long story. Baby. I feel like people from smaller areas, my girlfriend's family, they're always like, they just own buildings. Uh, he so owns, yeah. That's no, how, he, like, my, my girlfriend's family is. I think like, he only owns seven now, but it's like, he, he owned 19 of downtown. Well, he's, it's a long story. But, um, yeah. One other apprentice, you. Um, we're going to work hard this year. We're going to travel a lot. We've got a lot on our plate this year. Um, Trying to get get the shop out there, get them known. Um, trying to get everybody booked up and blowed up. Trying to attract some new artists. Any new artists that want to change your life, get on the real team. That's for real. Up. You know what I mean? Uh, um, if you're done making lateral moves, where are you going to work after you work there for 60%? The other place for 60%? <laughs> I don't know. Um, what's up? We're going to talk about 
Smallwoods Farms. Yeah, let's talk about some weed. I, I, I'm I'm really glad we went went in on the the origin. Or do you got more? You got more questions? You want more tattoo questions? I mean, I'm good. I, I got I'm more good. tattoo for you. Oh, I know you do. I'm good on that. We can we can, let's let's talk about the the Smallwoods before we wrap it up. Yeah. So I started Smallwoods Farms in uh, on the south side uh, during the pandemic. Seemed like a good time. I've had my cultivation license since it went legal, like immediately that we were available, even though there was no dispensaries or anything, and I wasn't even smoking weed. I got my everything. I got whatever the maximum was I could do, I did it. I got the cultivation license, the caregiver shit. Um, I carried it for a year and couldn't do anything with it really. Um, and then, like I said, when the pandemic happened, um, I just put shit into gear. We had uh, my boy Jeffrey on here. He's, he's he uh, invested with me. Um, Did you know he used to be a hairdresser? He used to be a male hairdresser. <laughs> I avert. I heard that. That's wild. Male hairdresser. <laughs> I would, barely could even tell. Um, yeah. So started that. It, I guess. Yeah. Is that 2000? I don't know. That shit's all blur. 20? 2019? 2020? Yeah. Right after, well, I had my surgery in 2019, I guess, right? When I got back from, or right, right after the first Because we were able to get the licenses, like, right before COVID hit. Because I got mine, and then two, and then it was like, there one shit open. It just expired without any. Yeah, yeah, but I kept it up, and I started growing I at the house. Um, yeah, I had to, uh, I had to, I had to pivot because of the pandemic. Um, you know, I've been in this business before. Um, like I said, like, you know, when I was a younger dude, like that's what I did anyway. So I got, I got a felony for, um, possession. And, uh, so I just. I put that shit back into work. Um, started, I, I've been doing the same thing since the very beginning. We started doing DWC. Um, I thought it like, so I was living in the city and just maybe to explain to you guys what DWC means is it means deep water culture. And basically I have what's called a, a RDWC, which is a, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I just left out. I don't know. I forgot what the name. I, I can't remember what the R stands for, but reverse Re or something. No, it's because it like it recir oh, recirculating deep water culture um, because I have like pumps and all that shit. So it's like constantly it, all of the plants run on all the same stuff. And it's basically these buckets of water that the plants just set in and they grow their roots in the water and the water has um, nutrients in it. The reason why I did that is uh, there were several reasons I was living on the south side. Um, it was small and it seemed to me that it would be a lot more discreet to drain water in my basement drain than to like haul out a bunch of dirt and shit out my backyard even though I had like a fenced in yard over there. It just I just didn't need the attention, um, mostly just from people. I'm not even tripping on the state or any of that shit no more, or the federal government or none of that shit. 
they can do whatever. Um, the it's just more about like I ain't trying to get robbed by some people on the south side. You know what I mean? So um, the DWC is uh, it's it's not natural. It's you know it's growing with uh, nutrients and um, it's hydroponic. But again, it's like what it produces and um, it's kind of like automated to this, you know, from the very beginning. So like, I don't have to put in a whole, well, I put in a lot of work, but I don't know. It just seemed like the way to go for me. It also was gonna keep us from having bugs or things that like um, could be also another problem, you know? Um, I was just trying to eliminate stuff from the very beginning. Uh, I had some experience with growing when I was younger, but not really a lot. But my my grandfather uh, was a botanist at the University of Missouri. So I've always been around agriculture and growing. And I, I just always had a green thumb anyway. Um, not to say that our first grows went like... <laughs> Bro, the first, like the first, first one, uh, we had so many catastrophes and uh, we had this huge storm that had knocked out the power on the south side for two days. Um, and like my whole system is based on power. Like um, I went and had to go get ice to try to keep the roots chill. And it was just, just a nightmare. Um, I may have broke down crying yesterday even um, it, growing is like growing is like tattooing like so humbling um, which making hash is the same like that's why I'm so obsessed with making hash is it reminds me a lot of the beginning of tattooing for me um, you know I, I'm not like a master at well not like a master at tattooing but I'm kind of a master at tattooing at this point um, I've been tattooing so long that like it's pretty comfortable for me and like I like I can put together a design pretty comfortably and I feel pretty confident about what it is and so I don't have like all the challenges I have not that it doesn't challenge me to this day but it's just different you know um, and like when I found like making hash and or making rosin and you know doing uh, solventless uh, uh, hash was just like so humbling and it, it's again I think it's a lot like tattooing it's like you have to have good equipment yeah you, you have to be really patient you have to get all the stuff put together right and most importantly the plant that you start off with has to be right it has to be the right genetics and it has to also be <clears throat> grown right with a joint with flour when you're like smoking it you can hide a lot of stuff but like when you fucking take the fruit off of the plant and you consume it whatever that fruit may be like an orange or you know trichomes or an apple or whatever you taste the real work and the real things that are there and like <clears throat> You see it, there's no hiding it, there's no hiding stuff in it, there's no fixing it. It's very, here it is for you, you know what I mean? This is what, this is what we got, this is what we ended up with. 
Hope everybody likes it. <laughs> it's going to take four more months to get us here again. That's the, I think to me, that's the most humbling part is like, you can grow something for four months and then next thing you know, <laughs> you fucking wash it and you didn't get shit back. You fucking, it tastes like shit. Looks like shit. You know? Yeah, it really seems like one of those processes where, like, one little thing goes wrong. It can be a domino effect for everything else down the line that's depending on it. 1,000%. Much like a tattoo. Much like tattoos, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe a tattoo's less forgiving. Or m maybe more forgiving, I mean. The other forgiving, not the less one. <laughs> the more one. Um, so yeah I grew over there until I moved out of there and then like the grows have just steadily gotten bigger um, started making hash we get uh, probably like the spring of 2020 this little dude got me kind of involved in it um, started washing we washed some of the stuff we had grown. That was a waste of time. Yeah. It was like, I didn't grow the genetics that were for hash making. And on top of that, like, I didn't grow it to that quality. Um, so a lot of uh, doing a lot of work that wasn't really like paying off and spending money building stuff and uh so i think it was last october probably a little bit before then i had i had been fought like starting to follow people on the small woods farm page and starting to follow hash makers and shit like this and uh i decided i saw that uh bird extracts was uh holding like a two-day educational program um and Ukiah or Eureka or somewhere like that. Uh, I think it's Ukiah. And uh, so I took the class. I flew out there. <laughs> Stayed on this mountain. Um, it was wild. Wild trip. Uh, spent two days in this greenhouse with a bunch of other people that were interested in learning how to make hash, hash makers and such. Um, learning all these techniques. Um, and that's when I had like kind of the real epiphany that the tattoo world and, and, the, and the cannabis world were so close. Because like what it reminded me of was like back when I first started hanging out with Roman, it's like, oh fuck, that's why the, like it looks like that. And like, man, I learned so many tricks from them dudes about like blends and like lighting and all these things that like I couldn't learn anywhere else and like that's kind of how taking this the seminar from bird was is I went out there and I, I fucking blew my mind all these things that I learned um and I was like man there's all these guys that are holding all these like secrets and they're gonna be releasing them and like they're gonna be the Nikos and the the Romans and the 
the Mike DeVries and the, you know, like the people of this industry that are going to like come to the forefront. There's probably people before them that's done it, but like they're kind of in the shadows like the tattoo world was, you know, there's a lot of great tattooers that just, now they're starting to come out as historical tattoo figures, yeah. but like, man, nobody gave a fuck about them dudes. You know what I mean? And like, now you're starting to see like hash makers become like famous kind of too, you know what I mean? Speaking of rosin, about to do this dab. What do you got there? With the point break still? Black maple. Um, Dogman. I washed some stuff for uh, Routine Gardens. I, I heard. Uh it did good too. The double driver did five five so far. That I think it's actually going to push almost six percent uh, because we still got a few more uh, things to like calculate. Boo tried some of that stuff. I don't know, like from I guess the first time you guys did it together. Maybe he was saying it was good. <laughs> Hung out with him yesterday. <coughs> well, Chris really, <coughs> Chris really brought me a batch. I got. Still got seven more days of watching. Not seven, but several more days of watching. Um, his devil driver's doing numbers. Woo, it's fire looking too. Smells like fire. He grows some pretty, <coughs> pretty weed. <coughs> we smoked on some of that. Uh, what was it we had? Or the wedding cake? or I forgot what it was. I, got, I can't remember. It was, I keep wanting to say. Huh? Sunday driver. Yeah, I had some Sunday Driver we smoked earlier. What was that, um, like a tropical cherry? Was that, or? Drop cherry. I'm washing some of that for him. My dad loves that. <coughs> <coughs> Your dad would shit if he saw how much I got sitting in my freezer uh, right now. He loves that stuff. <coughs> well, you can't even smoke it now. Now it's going, well, you can only smoke it as hash. He, uh. Been, uh, been getting them Captain uh, Mo Green pre-rolls. I've been loving them, too. <coughs> this would be a good time. Yeah, Captain Mo Green going to be at the event next month. Yes, he will. The inaugural, the first guest. Anderson <coughs> Tattoo Expo, February 18th and 19th. <coughs> yep, right here. St. Charles Rock Road. February 18th, 19th. RX Lounge. RX Love. <coughs> um, is our partner on that? Emporium. Um, Sunshine Daydream. They are one of our sponsors. Okay. <coughs> oh my God. <coughs> Nico Cray will be there doing a glass demo. Uh, your own Matt Thornton will be there. Yeah. Passing out tattoos. Your own. Bowser will be there. I'll be there. Hey, it's Bowser. <coughs> that's a cat. We that cat. I like when you say it's your boy Bowser. <coughs> boy, uh, I like the bow bow. I, it's very catchy. I find myself <coughs> saying that in my head. Yeah. I'm like, God damn it. <coughs> Anytime I hear the word boy, I'm like, it's, it's is that our boy Bow Bow? It's your boy. That stuff happened organically. That's all. Just I like it. The shop, I man. like it. <coughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's going to be a fire event. We're almost about a month out now. 
<coughs> oh man. Yeah, definitely make sure if, if you're if you're hearing this, definitely make sure you get out to that show. You're me coughing. There'll be lots of lots of good stuff there in the cannabis and tattoo world for sure. <coughs> tattoo the lose in, in May, yeah. Tattoo Lou in May, yep. Oh, LT. <coughs> Got a bug in his throat. Oh man, I can't get it to stop. <coughs> I hate it when it's like this. Cough so I'm low. hot as fuck. <laughs> <coughs> um, yeah, so I started making hash uh, about the end of 2020 and went to that class. <coughs> I had that epiphany. Um, I put together a class called Ice Water Cultivators. And we were supposed to have like seven of the world's best hash makers come here for like three days and put on a class, but um, <coughs> I couldn't get enough people <coughs> to pay for it. Um, so I ended up having to do a refund. <coughs> I refund everybody. <coughs> oh my God. Medic. I gotta stand up for The tip of that just got me, Odell. That's a YouTube video reference. Bowser, who do you think is going to win the Royal Rumble? Who do I think is going to win the Royal Rumble? Well, I know you're not full back in on WWE yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go sleeper and say uh, Dominic Mysterio. I believe Cody Rhodes will win the Royal Rumble. I think Cody Rhodes. I, I think that's a, that's a pretty safe bet. I think that they've got a lot of stock in him. I think it'd be a, a huge push for an already huge guy. Help help a storyline for him for sure. You know, uh, but you know they always have some surprises that come in too. The Rock is also talked about as potentially winning it. See, none of that like appeals to me. Like bringing back the old guys doesn't appeal to me. Like when like Stone Cold at WrestleMania, it was kind of cool for what it was. I was great. Him and Owens. Oh yeah, man, I, just, I don't know, man. It like went on too long, you know. And that, there's 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 so much so much more young talent out there. Like that's true. That's, I mean, it, it's you know new company now though. So. Yeah, that's true too. It was definitely entertaining though. I mean, it did. A lot of those people, a lot of people that are into wrestling now would would want to be like, oh, I wish I could have seen The Rock back yeah, then. Yeah, we got to or, see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know, so good for them to see it. You know, if, if Bruno San Martino came out or something, I'd be pumped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I don't know. It's, it's going to be wild, man. I mean, the, the Rumble's... All, all those, it's my favorite event. All those pay-per-views are, you know, premium live events, you yeah. know. I, that, I'd check them all out, man. They're all just... Over the top, and that's what I sign up for, you know. Yeah, good, they're fun. <laughs> you all right, LT? Oh, yeah. He's a brand new man. <laughs> Product endorsement, right? <laughs> this ain't the first time this has ever happened. Probably not going to be the last. Good Lord. What well, doesn't kill you? <coughs> well. <laughs> Um, any final uh, shout outs as we're coming towards the end Bowser that you'd like to rep or talk about shout outs uh, I would like to shout out the entire state of Vermont and the uh, the maple industry oh uh, we're, man. we're crushing the maple game in the northeast right now so 
Um, no, no shout outs. Um, Tell us about, you know, how, how long uh, have you been smoking weed? Oh, man. Let's see, I'm four, 42 now. Smoked since I was probably about 15. But I don't, I don't smoke like these guys smoke. Like, I, like, I, I, like I, I say I'm a weed smoker, but I'm like a, like, smoke when I get home. I got to be, like, in my underwear at yeah. home. <laughs> you know, like, it's, a, it's a perfect kind of situation. Yeah. Like when these, if these guys, like... I, in a good mood. I did a dab with LT at his house the other day, and, it, I mean, I think I'm still high. I would disintegrate. You know? yeah, yeah, like, it's just, I'm just not built like that, you know? I, I can't hang with guys from the RX loft, you know? Like, uh-uh. you know, all these guys that just that are in this hash culture like oh my god i can't believe the clouds they blow like i'd be just on the couch i'm like where's the one hitter that's yeah, right. it's the couch culture for me yeah. like, but it's Good cool Lord. it's just it's graduated so much for above and beyond like what i i'd, I'd grind it and roll it and smoke a joint yeah I'd get those Captain Mo Green pre-rolls. Yeah. I love them. I love a pre-roll, jo- a good pre-roll. Jo- Absolutely. And I'm like one hit. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm yeah, I mean, I, I can make a, last, a joint last me a couple days, you yeah. know. Like, I'm that smoker. So I, I'm definitely not the foremost voice. Will you culture. take a dab in honor of your first appearance on the podcast? Will I take a dab? With LT. Holy shit. Well, I mean... <coughs> Feel no obligation. He's to. giving he's giving rave reviews right now. Like it's like you know, want to cough for the next twenty six. dies and they're like, you want some of this? Oh. You got me on that one. Oh my god, I'm back. Kinda. And we're back. You're back. I look like this cup. Um, Red Solo. God damn. Fuck. <laughs> um, we're glad you're still here, man. What was I talking about? Took that class, bird, came back. You were saying about how you had the event, and then you... I had uh, ice water cultivators, and, uh, well, I didn't have it. We had to cancel it. It was a bummer, but this is what it was. Um, i just been working hard, um, networking in that industry. Um, that's what, like, again, I don't, I don't know. Like, you can't, you can... You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, right? Like, and like, even though I was kind of bringing it here and putting it on a platter for everybody, like, they couldn't realize that like, a thousand dollars to have seven of the best people here for three days could change your whole life, and like anybody around here too, like you know, just makes sense to fly in and do the class. Um, but it didn't work out, and um, but like I don't like for me, what worked out is. I networked with all those people, so like now I know all those people, and like I've had them critique stuff for me. <coughs> you know, I stay connected with them. <coughs> um, it's going to be good for uh, Smallwoods Farms in the future. I just know it will be. Uh, and then we're doing the cannabis uh, tattoo event, which I think is, I mean. Maybe that's what I should have did from the beginning. Uh, it's definitely going to knock it out of the park. I've got so many people still wanting interest in it. Um, yeah, it's got good legs so far. So I've been growing, and uh, specifically for hash, almost ever since that, when I came back from that event. We still had, <coughs> we still had like flower genetics that we were still fucking with and like kind of, fucking around but like 
over the last year, I've focused really hard on trying to get us like genetics that is specifically for making rosin. Um, so that for me has really stepped up my game. Um, and just like I was saying before, like a lot like tattooing, man, I'm real focused on these things. I like watch these hash talks every night. Um, this dude named James Wellborn fucking has all of the best hash makers in the world, like on his fucking Instagram every night. And I sit around and listen and watch that shit while I'm either drawing or cooking or whatever I'm doing, right? Like, just like if, you know, I listen to a podcast of Dip and Rip, you know what I mean? It's just what I'm into right now. Um, I want to be the best at it. Uh, I want to grow the best and like, yeah, I just want to be fucking the best at it, you know? And like trying to merge these two cultures. I mean, obviously I have weed leaves on my face. I've been in the fucking weed game my whole life, my whole life. Like my whole, my whole head tattoo is really weed smoke, money, and hoes. <laughs> like that's really what it is. Like there's a woman on there and on money the and yeah, bro. Uh, and weed smoke, like, uh, that's what it's always been. So, um, yeah, just, uh, we got a lot of stuff up for this year. I'm doing some breeding. Um, basically I'm doing all of this stuff called Little Lake Valley Seed Co. I've said it several times on here. The dude's like bred for hash. Nobody around here I know is really using it. So I, I started, I bought a whole bunch of his genetics and now I'm like breeding it back to itself. So I've got like the seed stock. And then I'm also breeding other stuff together with his stuff. I have, I'm collecting the pollen. So in a year or so, I'll probably have some strains out that nobody really else has because I will have made them. Um, and that's what I'm kind of trying to do is like find something that's like really unique, produces a lot, obviously. And <coughs> that'll just keep me on edge with some stuff you know in the business i think you know um because right now it's all about unique tastes and smells and the more unique and the more often you can bring new stuff to the table the the better it gets seems like yeah man <laughs> yeah that stuff is uh very strong <laughs> this is very strong um, yeah, uh, got a lot of cannabis events coming up. Um, like I said, just putting in a lot of work. Uh, so that's probably really, that's about up to now. I think like you're going on the road too for tattooing as well though. I'm sure you're going out. Yeah. 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 I'm going to Humboldt. Humboldt. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do that next to the beginning of next month. Uh, me and my apprentice, or my friend Hookah, um, she's gonna meet me there, and we're gonna uh, do the convention. Then we're gonna drive down to LA, see some people along the way. Probably see bird extracts and rackums, and um, try to stop at Little Lake, Little Lake Valley Sea Co. And um, yeah, just try to stop at Heritage. Try to meet some of the people really, really in person. Um, then I'm coming back here. We got the event at the end of February. Then. February 18, 19. Then March, you guys go to Detroit. Yep. You, Kaylee, City. Dusty, 
and uh, Mick from Mick uh, Monahan from California is going to come meet you guys, and then White Widow Gallery. Me and Christina are going to Mississippi to do the um, oh shit, do South. There you go, do South. Uh, Matt Stebley. Actually, I gotta get my paperwork in. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Matt. Um, and then come back here. Uh, and then April, Toledo. The whole shop goes to Toledo, like 21st through the 23rd. Um, and then I'm going to stay in Akron for like, like four days afterwards and hang out with Nathan Evans. Um, I'm going to go over and meet them. I may be going to Mothership on 420 and then oh. just flying back to Toledo. Flying from Washington to Toledo, like in a one-day trip, kind of wild type shit. And then we come back here and we got Tattooed Lou in May. And then we have, I think, Fort Wayne is in August. And probably going to chill here a lot during the summer. But I know that I want to wrap up the end of the summer with going to Europe. I want to do the Amsterdam show. Um, probably gonna try to get Kaylee to come out there, and uh, I might even do like a little guest spot, like when I'm over there somewhere. Um, but I really wanna, I wanna promote the shop internationally, even. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we're gonna do a lot of, a lot of social media promotion this year. Like, I'm gonna go hard in the fucking paint. Um. Then I got an art show coming up. I haven't completely announced yet, and that'll be on the Saturday of the Tattoo the Lou. I can't tell y'all the details about it. But it's shaping up to be pretty <laughs> cool, though. It's going to be okay. Um, it's going to cross some lines in, the, in a few different worlds. So I'm really stoked. <coughs> I can't wait to announce it. Actually, I got to get Chris out. Um, to, I need to make an appointment with Chris to come out to um, film me and I want to do a little bit of video footage out at my boy's place so that we can make some reels for the promotion of that thing in advance um, and that'll be Saturday night um, of Tattoo the Lou I think it'll be May 13th if I'm correct and we're going to have a full on dab bar here it's going to be wild, it's going to be a great art show um I'm really, like I said, I'm, I'm super stoked because I ain't really done no art in a minute. Not, not, like, not like this. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's going to be cool I, uh, from what you told me. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm so, I'm so fucking excited to announce it, but I can't right now. I need to make sure that me and him are all ready to announce it before I do that. But it's going to be sick, I think. Um, well, I know it's going to be. Yeah, man, I think that's a wrap for us. Uh, live from the, what's it? What's this area? The GRV. The GRV. GRV man. from TTL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from TTLS. Like and the 314. TTLS, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shop tat. There you guys go. I just yeah, gifted it. GRV. Just gifted it right there. Thank you for uh, listening. Rate and review only if it's good. Yeah. Five uh, stars. We're going to cut it out, but, man, uh, I, I almost puked. It's <laughs> red like this solo cup. That'd be bonus content for the Patreon. Jeez.